My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White. And today it's a WNR two four nine. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. And that's life. That's what people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune when I'm back on top, back on top in June. That's life. And I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting. My heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'll jump right up in a big bird and then I'll fly. So that's life. And Dan, I think that song's got more meaning than ever recently with what's been going on. But I ain't a quitter, you know. No, no. And do you know what quitters do, James? What? They quit. Yes, they do. So that's the ultimate intro. Now, Dan, the new intro. Well, here at the WNR podcast, we're making a few changes to the podcast. Backed up by our fantastic listeners and followers, we will go into full detail next week for the WNR 250. Right now, we can confirm there will be no more monthly review of the network. Instead, it becomes NXT Update with the American and UK versions featured, plus news from around the wrestling world. Well, we start off with the biggest wrestling week in over 20 years. Well, the week that was Monday... So, yeah, Monday started off and it starts off, we had the season premiere of Raw. So, basically, is that um, a new season started? So, everything that's happened before then is kind of redundant and yeah. it starts afresh this is from what, here on. This is what they're saying, you know, because, like I said, WWE do not stop, but this is the season premiere. So, let's see what they had on the 30th of September edition. Well, Brock Lesnar returns to destructive roots in nights in the night's opening segment. Yeah, the Brock Lesnar 2019 was in danger of becoming a caricature of sorts. He used to have a competitor who returned from time to time, threw a few suplexes and worked as little as he had to for his enormous contract. He was smash mouth, sure, but the element of danger made him genuinely scary and seemingly unconquerable villain. Well, that changed Monday when he exploded onto the scene, laid Rey Mysterio out and targeted his son, Dominic. Lesnar tossed the youngster around the ring with reckless abandon, brutalising him and leaving him a quivering mess and in need of stretcher to the backstage area. And why? To send message to Kofi Kingston ahead of his WWE Championship match Friday on SmackDown. Well, this was a different Lesnar, a more dangerous Lesnar. This was not the cocky, arrogant prize fighter amused by those who believed they could actually pose a threat to him. This was instead a Lesnar still reeling from his defeat at the hands of Seth Rollins at SummerSlam and in need of a loud, clear message to the WWE Universe that he's still the baddest SOB in professional wrestling. 
and Mysterio and Dominic found that out the hard way and Kingston may well suffer the same fate as his dream championship reign was to marish conclusion. Well, unless that is eventual Mysterio with renewed purpose cost him the title and sets up the first high-profile encounter. But WWE might have another idea because Kane Velasquez is seemingly exploring his options in professional wrestling after a report emerged on Sunday that the UFC legend met with officials from WWE and All Elite Wrestling. Well, it says Velasquez has entered into serious discussions with WWE. The 37-year-olds also reportedly seeing what AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Hey. If WWE sways him, they're looking to set up a match with Lesnar. Yeah, I guess Brock hates Mexicans then. That's the main thing about that. Well, it, it is rumoured that Brock Lesnar is a Trump supporter. <laughs> so he wants to build a wall around Suplex City. But another one is Raw as a soap opera's attitude era booking in Gulf's main event segment. Well, the closing moments of this week's show features some of the most surreal booking in recent. Well, first, Bobby Lashley returned to television and brought him, that's right, the wife of Rusev, and locked lips with her. Rusev watched from the ring, his face not nearly painted with the anger one would expect. From there, just uh, the arena darkened and the fiend attacked Seth Rollins just six days from their date for the Universal title inside hell. There was no mention of Rusev, Lana or Lashley, nor was there any focus on Randy Orton or King Corbin as they stood atop the ramp. So much happened in such a short time that it was almost impossible. That was a trademark attitude era in which my friend on Twitter, Vince Russo, booked frantic, never allowing the audience to tune out. Well, Paul Heyman and the rest of the Raw creative team has the unenviable task of writing a three-hour show, which leads to more dead time throughout the broadcast. Maybe providing more compelling angles up and down the show, rather than shoved into one segment, would have made for a more engaging product. As it stands, the only development worth anything came with four minutes left in the broadcast. And last of all, WWE forgets that it has a pay-per-view this weekend. Well, believe it or not, WWE does have a pay-per-view. No, seriously, yes. No, I'm, I'm sure it's definitely a pay-per-view this weekend. Well, don't worry if you didn't know. Outside of the graphics adorning the stage and the mentions of Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks and Seth Rollins versus The Fiend from time to time, WWE Creative did nothing to generate any hype anticipation or excitement for the show. Well, in fact, it trotted out Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair to build up to the next Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia on Halloween, which almost immediately eclipsed anything going on this Sunday on the WWE Network. The complete lack of an undercard, coupled with no real central issue between Rollins and Bray Wyatt ahead of their main event, has rendered the event a sacrificial lamb of the biggest wrestling Well, a Raw season premiere, huge NXT, the rival AEW Dynamite on TNT and SmackDown's debut on Fox have all stolen the attention of the powers that be, leaving Hell in a Cell in an unfortunate afterthought. The superstars of WWE, who routinely deliver a watchable show at the very least, deserve better than an event so meaninglessly thrown together. And that's why in the Double Up podcast, we're actually not going to watch Hell in a Cell have an official episode. We'll just bring you the prediction scores and our thoughts on it on the WNR 250 next weekend. So that was Monday. We move on to Wednesday. The NXT update later, but to fend off <coughs> NXT update later, but to fend off interest, all the gold was on the line in the first live two-hour show. So it's AEW on TNT. We started the show with a tame firework display, but Cody's entrance made up for that as he faced Sammy Guevara. Well, it was great to see Tony Schiavone back on commentary alongside JR and, of course, Excalibur as well. The match was a great way to start the show. 50-50 stuff with the crowd really behind the action. Well, the finish came when Sammy hit a Spanish fly from the top rope and went for a shooting star, but Cody put his knees up and rolled him up for the free. Knees up, Martha Brown. Uh, it was a bit of a to have seen something a bit more. What I liked about it, in a way, was that like it was completely fifty-fifty. So Sammy Guevara actually came off as a star, even though like Cody said that if he had lost the match, 
he would have put his um, title match with Jericho on the line. You know, he would have given it to Sammy. I think Sammy came across that. I was surprised with the way it finished. I thought it was going to be crossroads. But it's protecting another guy. And I think it's it's a good way of doing it in a weird way. It you is know? a good build, yeah. Well, Tony came down to ringside to interview Cody. And you can see both men were emotional twisting and had been on TNT. Yeah, Jericho didn't share those thoughts. They brutally attacking his number one contender. The champ was here and would celebrate with a co-breaker, powerbomb through chairs and a little bit of bubbly. Well, after the break, Tony interviews SCU about the tag title tournament. If nobody knows, SCU consists of Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. And of course, we've seen them on, well, we've watched them before on Impact Wrestling and stuff. It's, I think, a really talented team. But their time didn't last long as the Lucha Bros interrupted saying they have no fit started and trainers, referees came down and broke it up. Well, the next match was Pac, who is formerly Neville, versus Hangman Page. Yeah, Pac was coming off a victory against Kenny Omega, whilst Page had lost the AEW title match versus Chris Jericho at the last pay-per-view. Well, yeah, Pac or Neville looks as good as he ever has. Everything was on point. Page is a good worker, but can't really get behind the gimmick. Yeah, I just don't really get it. You know, that comes out on a horse, and that's great, but we had James Storm. Yes, and uh, I noticed the fat green-shirted man, so he's obviously changed his allegiance from WWE to... uh, AEW. I know, I was shocked. Well, it was a nice long match, like the first one. It had a couple of commercial breaks, but not in the good old UK where we stuck with the action. I like that. Well, some great exchanges between both men, but when Shirt Stealer Hebner got caught up in Page, he didn't see the long bow by Pack, who then hit the black arrow and made the hangman submit with the brutalizer. Yeah, Pack is now 2 and 0 in AEW. And then Dr. Britt Breaker came down to watch the next match. She is an actual dentist. Take note, Isaac Yankum, in a relationship with Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, and the next match was the women's title match. It's Nyla Rose versus Rio. Well, Nyla got here by winning the bye in Battle Royal. And how would this compare with what we're used to? We'd find out. Weird little fact, Rio started wrestling at nine years old. I was eating much. Yeah, exactly. I won't do much else. Well, Nyla built like Nia Jack, so it told the true story of David versus Goliath. What was weird was JR fixating and going, look at the size of Nyla Rose. It's like, calm down, JR, mate, all right? Chill. Yeah, well, Britt didn't really add much, but she will be AEW. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. There's a great spot on the outside where Rio jumped and got caught perfectly and then slammed. Literally just caught right in front of her, picked up, taken her down. Then Rio on chairs outside. Managed to... That was impressive as well. Nyla coming off the apron looking to attack. Rose managed to regain control and hit a few big moves, but just couldn't put her away. A great thing was the fans were loudest in this match than any other as well, which I really liked. Well, near falls, then the finish comes with Rio hitting double knees to the face to become the first AEW. Yeah, Nyla loses it and looks to destroy Rio, only for Kenny Omega to come down and stop things. And then we go on to the main event. Yeah, so it's Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, which is Matt and Nick Jackson. Going against Jericho and LAX, who is Santana and Ortiz, formerly of Impact fame. Yeah, and they attacked the Young Bucks at the last pay-per-view to basically set up this six-man tag team match. And for the first time ever on the Double L Podcast, we are going to watch some AEW, ladies and gentlemen. We're watching the main event of the very first Dynamite. And I tell you what, I'm quite excited to have this on here now, Dan, because it's, it's making a little history. It is indeed taking us 249 episodes to finally watch some... Uh, of WWE's rival, shall yes. we say. And uh, we can finally see what the hype around Kenny, Dave Meltzer's fanboy Omega is. Yeah, and he's been uh, suffering at the moment on the losing streak. Coming up short, like we said, against Pac at the last show tonight. He's got to put in a performance. 
Of course, John Moxley would be in the back of his mind as well, the former Dean Ambrose. Start with LAX, and you've actually seen LAX before, haven't you, in uh, Impact? Yes, they was managed by uh, one of your fa- favourites, uh, Conan, who is most definitely blacklisted by WWE. Yeah, uh, hopefully by AEW as well, you know. <laughs> well, uh, but they also had uh, Diamante or someone else in the stable as well. I think there was another another guy in there also. But I think they're a great team, you know, what we've seen of them uh, in, in, in other places to get shot in AEW. And now Santana's going to come in there with Kenny Omega. Jericho didn't want any of it. And Jericho's beaten Omega before as well. I thought Kenny Omega had curly hair. Well, Kenny Omega's changing it up a little bit now. And a huge chop. And uh, if we really look at it, aesthetically pleasing, it definitely is. I like the stage AEW's got. It's a big arena. It's all sold out. It looks very professional, doesn't it? It's, it's a very certain setup. Yeah. Um, it's too dissimilar from what WWE is doing. But, you know, there's not really much you can do to a ring and uh, entrance way to differentiate it vastly from mm. what WWE do. And Kenny Omega now taking out both of the former LAXs and Jericho comes in with a chop. It's like WCW taking on Hogan and Flair. <laughs> well, no, it's done well as he looked to put the walls of Jericho and Omega. Young Bucks come in with the super kicks. Well, dual super kicks take down Jericho and then take down both members of uh, LAX as well. And now Matt Jackson gets a tag. Jumps through the ropes, skins the cap sort of back in, but spreads his legs for his brother to dive through him and take out the uh, LAX members as they manage to get to their feet. That was a beautiful corkscrew. Now Omega, is he looking at Kenny Omega? Taking his fucking sweet-ass time about going out the fucking ring. Well, Omega, what he likes to do is make sure the crowd is with him, but the atmosphere in the arena's just changed. Well, Mox has come in, and he's just put his fingers up behind Kenny Omega's head in the shape of a gun. And I don't think Omega realised well, he's just found out now. <laughs> and these two men brawling, they should have scheduled to compete before Moxley's injury. But now he looks 100% as he's beating up Omega. Well, the unhinged, unstable John Moxley. So is this a no DQ match then? Well, referee's letting it go. The referee's assessing his uh, options as Moxley and Omega fighting through the crowd. Throwing bins at each other, but Moxley comes back with a knee to the head and now they're fighting all the way through the aisleway. And what reaction Moxley got when he got into that ring and... Looks like this match is continuing. Well, it is a, it's a three-on-two handicap match now because uh, Omega's otherwise engaged. And you can tell these two men absolutely hate you. Moxley now biting Omega. They're coming backstage. Well, <laughs> Omega is known as the cleaner, so as he picks up the mop... There's a little mop of the floor. Now, shot Moxley's back. They go back now into what looks like the VIP area. And now Omega sent into the door. So no one's actually giving a fuck about the match that's actually happening in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that's just slowed down right now. There have been no referees or officials. They don't want to get into Moxley's way. And now he's got Kenny Omega. There's a glass table. And no, he can't do that, surely. Oh, dirty deeds for a glass table. And don't call me Shirley. Oh my God, Kenny Omega, he's got me out. And Moxley makes a statement here on Dynamite. As we go to an advert, that was crazy. Dan, what are your thoughts on Moxie's appearance? Yeah, it was crazy, but there's I haven't seen anything that we would have seen in WWE. It's you know I want if they're going to make a statement of themselves, I don't want it to be the next wrestling program. I want it to be their own wrestling yeah. program. Well, that sets up Omega versus Moxie down the road, but more importantly, right now the Young Bucks find themselves in a three-on-two situation. City. That was sick, though, through the glass tables. You see a replay. Like, like Santana in there just tagging in. 
But one thing, again, I don't want to see with AEW, which I've seen a couple of times already, is them doing stunts that could potentially be dangerous. I mean, you know, we've seen the unprotected chair shot to the head. We've seen a, a couple of things like that, and that stunt did look... Yeah, no, you're right about that. Let's hope they've sorted it out now, you know, and uh, that was kind of the gimmick table, so to speak, so it was more of an effect. But... I understand it was a gimmick table, but even the way he'd done that Dirty Deeds, he was piled off straight yeah. onto his head, and even, you know... Whatever material that reinforcement bit of the table going across, Omega hit head first yeah. on the top of his head on that. And That's, like you said, the Paramount thing is the rest of the safety first and foremost. But it's lovely teaming up now. And look at that. <laughs> That's nice. Well, the headbutt goes to the cover Ortiz does, but Matt Jackson managing to kick out. Ah. And I think um, Young Bucks, they look a bit too uh, DX. Well, you're always going to be critical. This is the thing, isn't it? Um, this yeah, is what we're but, going to look. you know, if, if something's good, I'll say it's good. Yeah. If it's if there's some way to critique it, I'm going Gordon Ramsay on this. I'm well, not... No, without a doubt. And, and this is why it works. This is why you're going to see if it lasts as well, like I said. With the Young Bucks, they're, they're a really uh, great team, but they need more exposure. And this is the first time now in the main event show that they can do it as Matt Jackson puts his knees up. But, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of AWWE. I'm a fan of wrestling. And if it's good wrestling and entertains me, then I'll watch it yeah. and I'll be engrossed in it. But, you know, it needs to reel you in. Ortiz now has got back in control. Matt couldn't get to the corner. So he was just standing there. And Matt Jackson, that was brilliant, off the top rope. And springboard into a kind of uh, diamond cutter. But Santana gets a tag and it's perfect wrestling. Taking Nick off the apron. On locomotion, Northern Light suplex. Matt Jackson hitting two of them. Ortiz comes in. And he hits both Santana and Ortiz with a suplex. And the fans firmly behind the Young Bucks. He gets to Nick, who gets the tag. Ducks between LAX, takes out Jericho. And Nick now just with the kicks and the knees and whatever he can take out. And a bulldog there with a clothesline, taking out Santana and Ortiz. Kick to Jericho, springs around. Jumps on the back of a LAX member and then takes out the other one. <laughs> and that was beautiful there by Nick Jackson. Throws Santana back in, tags in his brother Matt. Looking for the spot pile driver, perhaps, but Jericho catches him with the uh, code breaker. Well, Santana tags in Jericho. Oh, fucking hell. An assisted cannonball thrown into Jericho, hits a spinning back elbow. The Judas saying. <laughs> Jericho and LAX get the victory over an understaffed elite. The elite come up short in the first ever main event on AEW. And again, one thing I don't want to see from this again you know i'm just trying to put across critiques but i know you know you've got cody rhodes you've got nick and matt jackson and you've got kenny omega they're kind of like the vice executives of the company but i don't want to see you know cody starting off the show the elite finishing this show i don't want to see preferential favors you know because yeah chris jericho may be the champion but you know you can t definitely see who the favorites are in this one you know cody rhodes the young bucks and omega i don't want to see them Despite not having titles, being the number one guys, I want to see a, a mixed plate of stuff going on. Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see in the beginning is that, because like you said, it was all about the elite. It's kind of their fan base getting there. And then hopefully along the line, like you said, with wrestling progresses, building new stars, people like MGF and other people like this, trying to get up onto the main roster. And speaking of Cody Rose, he's just coming out now, going after Jericho, he's trying to stop uh, the Young Bucks getting beaten down. And Cody's going to face Jericho at the next pay fee, but here comes Sammy Guevara. Uh, <laughs> kick to the nuts. Who's coming down now? Oh, it's Dustin Rhodes. And Cody's brother's coming to help. 
The beautiful power slam, and now, oh, Guevara got payback there for what he did to Cody. But wait a minute. Jack Swagger. <laughs> Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, picking up Dustin Rhodes and slamming him down. <laughs> saying, holy shit. Well, he's 2-0 and in Bellator, but he's in AEW now, and he's destroying the Young Bucks and Cody. Swagger bomb. Hager bomb. <laughs> we haven't it's seen. Jager bomb. Jager bomb. We haven't seen that in a few years. And they cannot believe what's happened here. They're all getting thrown at each other as well. And we talked about the elite or Cody Rose, Young Bucks, Omega kind of being the driving for you. Tonight, are we seeing the start of a hill faction that can rival that with Jericho, Santana, and uh, uh, unbelievably Jack Swagger? My fans chant, we the people as well. I mean, I thought the match was good. The main event match was good, even though it was a bit of a shame it was three and two in the end. I like the fact they didn't go disqualification after Moxie got involved and they went outside to continue that. And, of course, even though it is, you know, Jake, it's still a little bit of a surprise, still a little bit of a buzz to think. Hang on a minute. It was a bit of a surprise, but, again, they're going back to ex-WWE talent who wasn't pushed and, you know, ended up leaving. I know there's only a finite number of wrestlers, but, you know, I thought this was all about building their own superstars and doing things like this, but... You know, it is, again, another WCW. I mean, they've got wrestlers that weren't pushed or used on WWE. Yeah, I know they've got the Young Bucks who WWE did try to sign and Kenny Omega at some point. But, you know, it's... it's but, come on, look, Goldust here. But he then, was hardly getting used, but now he's kind of like part of the main event picture. But I think that AEW have an ability to... When's the last time Goldust and Jack Swagger were this relevant? It's because AEW using them as this and saying, like, look... This is what we've got, and this is how we're going to use. I think Jack Saga hasn't looked like a bigger star than fucking this, and he's been the world champion in WWE, do you know what I mean? With Goldust, he's there as a guy, I think, just to kind of be like, you know, the association with Cody, the guy to get beaten up so Cody can get retribution in the end of what we're seeing now. At the moment, I quite like what they're doing, because they've set the stall out early, haven't they? You know, Jericho's there, he's got the heel group, we know what the face group's going to be, and now hopefully this is what AEW's going to be about. But, you know, have you ever seen Jack Swagger as a talented wrestler? I, I think there was potential back then. The, the problem was with personality. Yeah. And I think maybe that. now what they're going to try a little bit different is a guy who's kind of been in MMA and it's a little bit tougher. And you've got someone like Jericho who can just have him as a guy who's standing behind him, even if it's only like a, a certain thing or not. To be fair... Maybe I'm being a little bit... What I like about it is that you're going to be the one kind of bring me back down to earth when I do get excited about something. But I think AEW for a first show really did pay off. You know, I think the matches... I, I like the long matches. Each match 15 minutes to it. At least 25 minutes. And we had the storylines kind of going through. That would bring me back next week. as well. I'm going to watch next week's one and be like, right, what are the fallout from what we've seen? What are your thoughts? It's something entertaining. Yeah, it is going to take a few episodes to kind of get in the grasp and... You're not going to get instant payoffs from things like this. You know, it is going to be something that's it's going to take a few watches. It's going to take a little bit of time to get into. But it's, it has the potential to be something good. But I don't want it to be, like, you know, filling themselves with forgotten WWE wrestlers. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I think there's a, there's a balance to maintain there. Um, but as we go along, I think it's a great way to start. I mean, they could have... It could have been awful and it'd been like, oh shit, I'm not watching this again. But it's led on to something else. And like I said, first time watching AEW as well. 
I, I think that was a success. So we move on to a bit of AEW news as well. Mm. And ITV in the UK announced schedule changes for the weekly AEW uh, nightly. New ITV in the UK have announced schedule changes for the weekly AEW Dynamite show. As noted, it was announced last week that the two-hour AEW Dynamite show would air on Sunday mornings at 20 past 8 in the morning, followed by a one-hour highlight show on Monday nights at 11.45pm. This led to a significant amount of backlash from fans who weren't satisfied with the Sunday morning slot and being forced to wait several days before they could watch the weekly AEW shows, which airs on Wednesday nights on TNT. Well, ITV announced that the full two-hour Dynamite show will be available for viewing on the ITV Hub at 7pm on Thursdays, beginning on Thursday. Dynamite will then air at 11.20pm on ITV4 on Friday nights. The Sunday morning time slot will also stay, as will the Monday night one-hour highlight show. With Sky also announcing SmackDown will be shown live at 1am the same night. Friday in the UK is the wrestling night. Well, speaking of Dynamite, AEW Plus subscription debuts exclusively on Fight. Yeah, they've announced that the um, a new global subscription feature called AEW Plus and a new offering will provide live and replay access to the highly anticipated weekly television show on a subscription basis as well as a la carte option. It will be available in numerous countries and regions outside the US and Canada including the United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, Japan, Italy, Spain, Chile, Brazil and the... Well, the weekly TV series called AEW Dynamite debuts on Wednesday, October the 2nd from Washington, D.C., on the TNT network for US viewers. Now, for the first time ever, a TV series will be available live worldwide at the same time through innovative AEW Plus digital option. Yeah, it will be featured a live two-hour AA Dynamite show for a $4.99, well, $4.99 a month monthly subscription on Fight. In addition, the monthly subscription will offer you extra exclusive programming, including behind-the-scenes footage, and it will be a weekly a la carte option for a two ninety nine, providing more options for consumers. Well, Fight offers a seamless, device-agnostic way to watch live events online via mobile or OTT devices. Well, Here's the link to subscription page. <coughs> We're very pleased to expand our relationship with AEW, said Fight COO Mike Webber. We have worked with AEW since their inception, and this is the next step in the growth. We are thrilled to continue our working relationship with them and what the fans want to see. Well, Fight answered our call and the call of AEW fans outside of North America to offer the best global platform and partner for our wildly successful Double or Nothing event earlier this year. But that was just the stunt president and CEO of The Power of AEW will now be readily available live and internationally with AEW Plus, thanks to Fight which combines the best technology with the passion of delivering our shows to audience. Well, AEW's announced their next pay-per-view event, Full Gear, will take place November 9th in Baltimore, but the quarterly pay-per-view event shall remain separate from the AEW Plus service subscription. Well, Impact Plus is another streaming service available and is worth us. It's so odd to see every major player, major, major player. player, now in wrestling come through the company. Watching Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe makes you realise they really had something then. Impact do have Bound for Glory coming up with Moose. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. I mean, Ken Show back in action. We've been waiting for years. But next story, a nice gesture and a good PR move from AEW. Well, earlier this week, United Kingdom independent promotion Southside Wrestling announced that WWE 
was pulling several NXT UK talents from their upcoming... Yeah, I mean, it's not particularly new for every WWE policy with regards to its wrestlers working outside shows have been a topic of discussion and debate, especially in the UK and Europe for a while. This station was compounded by a couple of factors, though. One, it was a farewell show for Southside, which is having its operations taken over by Revolution Pro Wrestling. But that's the second thing, as Rev Pro's New Japan's partner in the region. Well, Wednesday, September 25th, Southside posted the following statement to fan about WWE's move on social me- uh, media channels. It's much sadness to announce that WWE have pulled a all announced and unannounced talent from our final show. We are announced and accepted all conditions. We have spent a f- small fortune on posters, flyers and banners for the show, which are now unusable. El Laguerre and Joseph Connors are possibly the two biggest stars in our nine-year history, and Kaylee Ray built the women's division on her back. Without any of the three of them, Southside would have never gotten so big with all three regularly giving world-class matches to the fans. It also means Brady Phillips misses out on a personal dream match with Dragunov and that former tag champions Zia Brookside and Southside regular Saxon Huxley will also not be able to... Although this is business, we have personally taken this badly. It was our goodbye and we want to say it with the stars who made us who we are. Our previous champions, most important, our close friends. Sorry guys, we hate this. Well, neither WWE or the talent involved commented... But yesterday, All Elite Wrestling Executive Vice Presidents Cody Rose and the Young Bucks did. Well, Cody put, let me see if I can help. And Nick Jackson, in reply to Cody Rose, said, let's help them out. And then Matt Jackson said, guys, this is my idea. I want credit. And then today, Southside Wrestling said, thank you, AEW. Perfect 10 and the MJF will be at 9 AS. More news coming soon. Well, whatever the behind-the-scenes details, is a smart play from AEW. While the streaming option they announced with Fight Saves to launch a dynamite from a total disaster in the UK market, they've still got a ton of flack over it. This is a nice olive glance and a core indie-loving fan brace across the pond. It's also a gesture New Japan, New Japan might notice, as AEW said to be interested in working with more, working more with Kenny Omega's old feud and NJPW's current US partner, Ring of Honor, is seen. So while the Southside faithful may not be getting Aya Juggernaut or Kaylee Ray, they will be getting Maxwell Jacob Friedman calling him fat and refusing to look in the eye. That's a win for everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, it's good news, isn't it, AEW doing that? I mean, it puts one over <laughs> WWE, doesn't it? It does indeed, yes. Um, it is a bit naughty of WWE kind of pull it and you I'm know a small company that's having their <laughs> farewell show and you know they've spent a, you know probably what remaining tiny budget they've had on flyers posters leaflets banners and that for the show and got fans built up you know i know fans have already bought the tickets so they're going to be going regardless but it's not a nice thing to let down fans who wanted to see people that kind of built the company off their own back as well yeah i'm still not surprised i mean WWE does have pick on smaller pools sometimes didn't they and uh well, I, I don't, I don't think it's down. picking off, uh, picking on smaller guys. It's just jealousy because you know we do things better than they yeah. do. Up next, talking about us, the best in the world. Well, CM Punk expressed a willingness to come back to WWE programming, but made a clear, but made it clear a full in-ring return is out of the question. Well, during an appearance on Collider Live, Punk confirmed rumours he had auditioned for W Backstage, a studio show on FS1. Well, my age, me and Fox is throwing everything at this because they spent a lot of money on this and they're all in it to make it. He said, originally, I thought it was a WWE thing, so I was like, meh, no. But then they said, this is Fox. Well, Punk added he wouldn't be interested in wrestling again and no one from WWE was formally reached out to him after his audition. Well, the Wrestling Observer's newsletter and Kenny Omega's biggest fan, Dave Meltzer, reported in August that Punk's agent had reached out to Fox Sports representatives 
regarding his possible involvement in the new studio show. With SmackDown's move to Fox and Networks significantly expand its coverage of WWE and getting punk even in an on-air analyst role would unquestionably be a major coup. Major coup. Of course, this will only fuel speculation. The former WWE champion is planning actually to actually wrestle for the promotion again. A number of fans refuse to give up hope of a punk homecoming despite him saying time and again he's, un- he's likely won't wrestle again. Well, a number of le- legends with WWE to end lengthy hiatuses with Bruno Sammartino and the Ultimate Warrior the most notable examples. Well, Punk's WWE backstage audition was seemingly less than the odds of him stepping inside the squared circle since he probably wouldn't simultaneously wrestle and break down the week's action. Well, although Punk would be working with the WWE ecosystem again, the specifics of his job title would likely leave a lot of followers feel- feeling underwhelmed. Also, we talked about his recently settled lawsuit filed by Colt Cabana saying his former best friend, his Glenn Sana, tried to extort him. While he asked to settle then, I wanted it to go to trial, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Enjoyed donating to the eventual Woes Me GoFundMe account, Punk tweeted in response to a Twitter user. Well, Punk continued, he sued me. We wanted to end the dumb shit. He started. I asked to speak to him. He declined. I wasn't to... I was asked to enter mediation. He declined. I offered money. It wasn't enough. Any of it. And he's as greedy as you are, ignorant to who I am, and fooled by who he is. I love the guy. I would have done anything for him. And the irony is, if he had just asked for the money, I'd have given it to him. Instead, he tried to exhort me. Well, Cabano had sued Punk for unpaid legal fees after he alleged Punk agreed to cover the defence in a lawsuit filed by W. Dr. Chris Amann. Punk filed a countersuit in June. The case was dismissed last week after both Cabana and Punk agreed to drop their lawsuit. Well, Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported there was no financial settlement to the lawsuits. The case was dismissed with prejudice, meaning both sides agreed not to fit. Cabana was seeking $200,000 in unpaid legal fees along with another million dollars in damages. Punk was seeking $600,000 or half of what he paid to the attorneys on Cabana's behalf as part of the Alman lawsuit, which Punk and Cabana won. Well, the dismissal of the suit comes at a time when Punk appears to be inching his way towards a WWE return. Punk auditioned for a role in FS1's upcoming WWE backstage While Punk would be hired by Fox, not WWE, it is clear that this association would kick open the door for him to make a return to wrestling. Well, Punk had been retired since January 2014, making a uh, departure from WWE. And then, of course, the unsuccessful MMA career. But, I mean, Punk is talking a lot more recently than he has in recent years, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's a lot more kind of in the spotlight now. And I think it's... If you'd asked me a couple of years ago with Punk, I'd probably like, no chance. But now I'm saying maybe a year down that, you know, he's, he's, he's thawing, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He but, you is, know, like, yeah. The ice is coming off with Punk. And if anybody is desperate for seeing Punk return, it is, it is me, it's us, you know, so... Absolutely, yeah. Um... All right, so it's Friday now, and we move on to SmackDown on Fox, the very first SmackDown where Fox paid over a billion dollars to start, and uh, we had a new set, a kind of half rings. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind the look of the set; it was a little bit odd to begin with, but I didn't mind it anyway. And um, I wanted the fist. That's what I wanted. Remember the fist, you SmackDown love, fist. You love fisting. I you love don't. that fist. I would take that fist in a heartbeat. That SmackDown fist. You could take as well. Well, Vince and Steph start the show welcoming us to the brand spanking new SmackDown Live on Fox. Here we get the new intro and theme song for this. Meh, meh, meh. And Reigns is the last man seen on the intro. What does that mean? Well, for me, it's always important because it's always like the kind of star of the company. So I think Reigns is still. 
Number one, it's on SmackDown. Guess what we get, James? What do we get? Night track. No, sorry. Oh, no, no, fireworks. <laughs> fireworks. Fireworks. Well, here comes a Raw Women's Champion to start SmackDown off. Yes, we got Cole and Corey Graves on commentary. Yeah, Becky thanks the fans and wants to kick some ass. So, whose ass is she, she going to kick? Well, King Corbin, it looks like, and he comes interrupting her. And he is hated before he can even get into the ring. And then, if you smell... He had to be there. Yeah, I mean, he, the yeah. show is named after the fucking rock. Yeah, and I mean, he looks in great shape and he comes out and he fist bumps Becky. Well, he you can't really do a rock promo justice, can you? No, but like I said, it was all the catchphrases and uh, that's all you need, really, you know? Yeah, and he called Corbin a broke-ass Burger King on crack. Yeah, and he controlled that crowd. It was beautiful to see in the palm of his hand. You know? Yes, until Corbin cuts him off. That nice exchanges with a rock saying about... You, Lynch calls himself the man but doesn't hold a pair of testicles and Corbin said, well, my testicles aren't too bad, which actually didn't They're make adequate. me laugh. Yeah, adequate made me laugh. And then Ricky, uh, Becky, or Rocky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> beat up Corbin. Yeah, rock bottom, people's elbow with Lynch getting a few strikes as well. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> you love that bit when he does okay. that. He come back home. And the rock is just, you know, something else. It's a great way to start absolutely but we go on to the first match and it is a four horsewomen tag team match so two representatives from raw on the first of us yeah i know and charlotte was there and she the light was glistening off her plastic face i mean she's obviously had a lot of work done absolutely yeah yeah. uh well charlotte's in control but taken off the top and sent into barricade back from break still charlotte and bailey but lynch gets a hot tag and she's on fire baby well, Bailey managed to stay in it and tag Charlotte. Becky and Banks exchanged, and everything broke down, believe it or not. We get a moonsault by Charlotte to the outside. And then she throws Bailey in, applies the figure eight, and Bailey taps out, and Charlotte has beaten the uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, which is uh, going to be a match ahead of the cell. Remember that, the pay for you we've forgotten about. Uh, but Charlotte wins. Well, we get Fox's own Erin Andrews backstage interviewing New Day. Not Erin Andrews. Oh, my word. Thieves. Well, Kofi says he's the underdog, but that's what he does. Let's hope it lasts longer than three minutes when Kofi Kingston lost to Lesnar last time out. Yes, and Kofi will be out there alone. Is that wise for Kofi? Well, he wants to do it without his New Day brothers, but Seth Rollins in action versus Nakamura next. So the Raw champion. Yeah, the Universal champion is in action on SmackDown. Okay, well, when I say next, we get an ad break, then Tyson Fury is shown in the crowd and a recap of the blue carpet event from earlier. Yeah, Foley. Did you see what I did there? Blue carpet. Oh, I like that. Foley and uh, Kurt Angle in the crowd. That's all you're getting, lads. That's your appearance. Burn it down! So this is champ v champ. Remember, Nakamura is actually the Intercontinental Champion. Well, wait there. It's Firefly Funhouse. Hey! Well, Rambling Rambit is Seth Rollins' biggest fan. Never knew that. And he warns him not to get into the cell with the fiend. Don't tell show. Yeah. Mercy the buzzard in the cell with the rabbit. So Bray Wyatt is saying to Seth, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm Mercy the buzzard. Well, fur is everywhere. Oh, my God. Yowie, wowie. And then finally, Nakamura. Oh, yeah. He's in there, isn't it? With Sami Zayn coming out. And the pairing actually works you gotta give it that it does it actually works really well and then we see hulk hogan and rick flair in the crowd they look like they were drinking i'm just saying hashtag just saying but james the match finally starts yes it does naka with the arm bar straight away but rollins turns it to the power bomb but with same distraction naka attempts a kinshasa but he's dodged and hit with their sling blade. well a springboard knee and a super kick and then it's stump time but the lights fade 
for the fiend. Wow. Well, Seth manages to get to this stage and Bray is there with the claw and he throws Rollins at least three foot off that stage. At uh, least off the stage. Well, then we then get a promo for Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Well, it is surprising this match is on SmackDown, but WWE don't give a shit about the pay-per-view that's coming up Smackdown, in a couple of days. This is a loser-gets-fired match. And Owens interrupted Shane's intro. Yeah, Kev throws Shane into the stairs and sets the ladder up between the ring and the apron. James, the green dude, <laughs> the green shirt dude is in the front row. How the fuck did he do it? I don't know. I don't know. Pick Has a side. A Pick a side. Um, well... They brawl a man. Uh, McMahon gets control thanks to a couple of ladder shots. Uh, and now a surprise, but announced table comes into play. Well, I never knew that in a Shane McMahon match. But, you know, even though it is the 1,007th time he's hit it, it still looks great. Well, don't enjoy the action too much because we've got an ad break. Well, back from the bat, Shane is on the ladder set up earlier, and Kevin Owens comes off the top with a bullfrog splash, breaking the ladder and causing, most likely, internal bleeding. Absolutely, internal bleeding. Well, Shane got up and used a chair to stop Owens, but I'm sorry there is absolutely no fucking way that anyone should get so quick with internal bleeding. Without a doubt, the man sets the ladder up against Owens for the coast-to-coast. Owens gets up, powerbomb Shane for another ladder. And then it climbs the ladder and beats the best in the world. And then he grabs the mic and says, You're fired! And hits a stunner just to top it off. Stunner! And then after all that, I mean, it was over pretty quickly. Like I said, the, the main difference between like AEW and SmackDown was AEW, the matches felt nice and, you know, nice long time. With SmackDown, it was just like, quick, just get all our fucking spots in because it'll be over before we know it. But Snickers looks at 20 years of SmackDown. What is one of your favourite moments of the last 20 years in SmackDown? I think mine would be Edge cashing in on The Untaker. I think that's a shocking moment. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a good moment. Um, Austin breaking the DX Express. That was oh, a yeah. fun moment. What a moment that was. And I mean, plenty of moments from SmackDown in the last 20 years. Yeah, so then uh, we, we see Caleb Braxton... With Paul Heyman backstage. Yeah, they show footage of Lesnar's Rampage on Raw. And people who stand in Brock's way, James, they get hurt. Yeah, and it's a spoiler. Lesnar is the new champ, according to Heyman. Yes, and then we see Braun coming out for an eight-man tag team match. And his is the only... It's weird, because we've got Braun, Miz, Heavy Machinery versus Ziggler, Rude, Orton and Styles. You would think Orton and Styles are quite big stars, but only Strowman, really. Yes, well, Miz and Dolph start. Yeah, and zigzag, but hardly any sell. DDT by the Miz and Strowman in, who runs through Dolph. Rude breaks up a pin attempt, but is hit by a skull-crushing finale. Miz turns round to a vicious RKO. Randy's fun doesn't last, as Otis takes him out. And rubbing his belly doesn't help him block the phenomenal forearm. And Braun runs round the ring and takes out all four hills. Yeah, and then this is what we were talking about. So, see Strowman on the outside, just running through all the hills. And Ziggler comes out to try and stop him. And Strowman here is, is looking like a massive star. And then he's looking at Tyson Fury. And I've got to say, watching this live got me really excited. Because I thought, I didn't, sure, I didn't know Tyson Fury was there. Str- What's Strowman doing? He's putting up his jukes to Tyson Fury. And Fury. So is Strowman meant to be a face? I don't know. Because he's, for me, Fury's definitely the face. But Ziggler comes from behind. Double X handle smash doesn't last long as he gets thrown face first into a ring post. And now Strowman's got Ziggler. Oh! Throws him into the barricade where Fury is and knocks Fury back into his seat. Well, Fury's down and Strowman looks like he's smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face. Now, Fury's giving a bit of mouth to Strowman, who catches a super kick on his way back into the ring. Ziggler thinks he might actually be able to win this one. No, picks him up. Power slam. One, two, three. Well, just that Strowman wins... 
And he said, Fury is not happy at ringside. Fury is furious? Well, heavy machinery, Miz and Strowman win. And wait a minute, Fury now dodging over the eight, uh, barricade. And he just gets surrounded <laughs> by trainers, EMTs, security. But how many? There must be at least half a dozen. At least 17. And Fury wants some, and Strowman looking happy about that. Well, I think that's a kind of like a, a fantastic moment because it reminds me kind of like the Mike Tyson thing or even like Lawrence Taylor back in the day they kind of sat with the superstar and weren't expecting Tyson Fury there and that kind of gets me excited because you think of a one-off meeting Tyson Fury versus Strowman that I would definitely pay to see that you know there's no doubt is there Dan you know absolutely not no I'd love to see Fury and uh, Strowman going at it I'd be mental I mean even in like the boxing match or something like that you know I definitely want to see that and I think that's probably, apart from maybe the Rocks promo, that's probably one of the best bits of SmackDown. Um, and then we get the Lumberjack match, which is Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. And Brian's yes. on commentary. Yeah, and we've got the jobbers at ringside as well. Yeah. There's not many fireworks tonight. But the big dog gets them. And this match is uh, what we expected. Yes, plodding by Rowan. And then the Lumberjacks fight with each other. Ad break. Submission by Rowan. Comeback by Reigns. But looking for the Superman punch. Caught with a big boot, but still manages to hit the Superman punch. Harper comes down and fights everyone. Reigns does his leaps over the ropes, taking out half a dozen men. At least eight men. Rowan powerbombs Ali onto Roman and gets a close two. Two. And then it's the Iron Claw time. Not the dreaded Iron Claw. The Iron Claw. But Reigns fights off, but Harper's in. And he's taken out by Brian. And Reigns hits the spear for the win. Yeah, and then we get a handshake between Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Of course, they're teaming up against Harper and Rowan at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, so for the first time in 15 years, Brock Lesnar is in action on SmackDown. Yeah, but there's only 10 minutes left of the show, so I don't think this will be a long match, but let's hope he can last longer than the three minutes he did back in Madison Square Garden. All right, so let's do the tail of the tape, and I'll take WWE Champion Kofi Kingston. A couple of facts about him first. He's a four-time Intercontinental Champion, three-time United States Champion, a nine-time Tag Team Champion. Most combined days as Tag Team Champion, his finisher is Trouble in Paradise. And Brock Lesnar, he's a four-time WWE Champion, a three-time Universal Champion, UFC Heavyweight Champion, NCAA Heavyweight Champion, the youngest to win the WWE title at 25 years old, and his finisher is, of course, the F5. Well, Kofi Kingston, though, six foot, 212 pounds. His reach is 75, uh, 72.5 inches, and his chest is 40 inches. Well, Brock Lesnar, not much taller at six foot three. But he weighs a hell of a lot more at 286 pounds. He's got a longer reach at 81 inches. And his chest is a staggering 55 inches. Dun, 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 dun. And of course, Brock Lesnar's getting the fireworks as he's come down here. But for Kofi Kingston, it's his 180th day as W champion. And he sees confident. He always wants to be the underdog. And we'll see how he gets on with Brock Lesnar here. Well, Paul Simmons snatching the mic. I'm going to make his own introduction. For Lesnar. My name is Paul Heyman. So Lesnar's looking ready tonight. But like I said, with just 10 minutes left, Kofi has got to be careful with Brock. And of course, Charles Robinson. Charles is in charge. So the main event of Span on Fox is W title match. Don't get me wrong, it's the main event anywhere, really, on pay per view. As Robinson's checking now. Here we go, bell rings. Kofi straight onto the shoulders of Lesnar, who hits an F5. One, two, three. And just like that, Kofi's 180-day reign 
is over. Brock Lesnar wins the title. Goldberg in the crowd. Mark Henry was a gog. <laughs> Lesnar is the new champ. I uh, can't believe Kofi didn't even kick out once. Uh, and uh, Lesnar didn't even break a sweat. No, Lesnar is your WWE champion. Kofi got caught. Well, let's watch the highlights of this match, which is actually the whole match. <laughs> Up onto the shoulders. F5. One, two, three. Job done. Well, Kofi... Oh, my God. Well, Lesnar is going to rule SmackDown, but will he do it as a full-timer? Well, Brock Lesnar dominant. But wait a minute. Rey Mysterio's music. Well, who's that jumping out the sky? Booyaka, booyaka. Well, Rey Mysterio and his son got beaten up on Monday. Fucking hell, Dominic's got taller. And here come, that's not... Wait a minute, that's not Dominic. It's Kane! It's Kane! <laughs> it's Kane! But not the big red machine, James. <laughs> it is Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez, former UFC heavyweight champion, beat Brock Lesnar in 2010 for the UFC title. It doesn't look like Brock Lesnar was expecting him to be out here then. Uh, Lesnar looking shocked and Velasquez, well, he's a tough man. He might not be in the greatest of shapes, but he's staring down Brock. So could we see if sorts of a kind of UFC-style fight between Velasquez and Lesnar? I think that's going to be best because a wrestling match, I think, will be a disaster. But Velasquez here and Lesnar face-to-face, both men facing off, and what's Velasquez going to do? Well, Brock Lesnar's hardly uh, putting any effort in the fight, but Velasquez has got a top mount on Lesnar, and he's punching away. Lesnar's trying his best to defend, and he rolls out the ring and scarpers up the aisle way with Paul Heyman and his new title. And Velasquez here, looks like he's going to be challenging Lesnar some point. I mean, does this excite you, Lane? It does, yes, but, you know, the, the best way that these two can do it is, as we just mentioned, is having a UFC-style fight. They don't want to try their catch-can-style wrestling. You know, it, it, it won't suit either of these guys. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird that Fox kind of said, look, we want this as a kind of going forward. Cain Velasquez, for me, is a guy... Might not deserve that spot right now. And I think the fans, as a face, even though he's got Mysterio in his corner, I don't know if they're going to buy that, you know? But Lesnar... Well, making his way back towards Kane. In the rest of the match, you would think Lesnar would win. Velasquez is tough, but is this the kind of more sport feel that we're going with? You saw, for me personally, I saw a great thing earlier, Tyson Fury and Strowman. That excited me. With this, it's kind of more like, oh, is this going to be the title food now for the next few months? Do you know what I mean? Like... Well, is, are they trying to throw too much at it? I mean, you know, we've got Tyson Fury, we've got Velasquez, we had The Rock early on. Are they trying too hard? Or is this... Because, you know, what's next week going to bring? Who else are they going to bring? Well, this is the thing, but I think also as well, it's like, are they trying to be a bit more UFC? You know, is, is this... Will that... Will it cross over from WWE fans? Will UFC fans go and watch it on WWE? And will people be excited that came Velasquez versus Lesnar? is actually happening, you know. I don't know if you're a wrestling fan, how excited you're going to be for that type of match. But I think SmackDown, again, we talk about a show, was good. I don't think the matches were as good as AEW, but I think that the kind of, and even the Firehouse Funhouse uh, was quite entertaining. Uh, but it ends there with Kofi, like I said, Kofi's reign. And uh, just a couple of news stories as well before we go. Oh, for SmackDown, looks like Velasquez is in deep negotiation, if it wasn't fucking obvious, with uh, WWE uh, to try and actually get uh, a contract signed. Looks like the main event might take place at Crown Jewel as well at the end of October, so we'll see about that. Let's not forget it was UFC 121 October 2010 where Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar for the title. 
And also, W have just announced that Tyson Fury has been offered an open microphone for Raw this Monday night. So that will be quite interesting to see what happens there. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, are they going to try and take some of the momentum over onto Raw now? Well, yeah, hopefully so. But uh, Velasquez and Lesnar's what we got. But that is it. That was a week in wrestling. We had the Monday Night Raw. We had AEW and, of course, SmackDown. We'll get on to NXT in a little bit. But out of all those, Dan, what did you do the most? Um, I think AEW had the better in-ring quality. But SmackDown had the better stories moving forward. I mean, fucking Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez, for yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So I think at the moment, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes along. And like I say, up next, we're going to catch up with NXT and NXT UK. So a couple of SmackDown notes uh, before. The first numbers are in for W's debut on a major broadcast network. Major, major broadcast, broadcast network. network. You know, they weren't too shabby. Obviously, it wasn't actually era numbers. But... They got approached 4 million viewers for both hours, which is their best ratings this year, bar none. So 4 million is not too bad. We consider Raw got about 3 million. So SmackDown is definitely the A show. Can they keep the momentum up is the question as well. Uh, so there you go. That's Smash move on. But what of the red-headed stepchild? 205 Live has moved to Friday nights and we will only be covering anything on interest. So this month, this month, one match makes the grade. Yeah, and that's uh, Nice and Gulak versus Lorcan and Birch. Because we do love Danny Birch and only Lorcan as a tag team, don't we? Absolutely, yes. And I think this is the thing that's interesting to see him on there. Because like I say, no one cares about 205 Live anymore. We've been covering it since the very first episode. And it's just not worth watching anymore week in, week out, is it? No, absolutely yeah. not. It's, uh, it's kind of lost its pace. I think they should combine forces with... Another one of the brands. Well, we were talking uh, earlier, and NXT uh, now has 205 Live and NXT UK kind of under its umbrella. Do you think that's a good move for 205 Live to be associated with NXT? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a few wrestlers that can cut their teeth on both shows, so yeah, why not? Right, that was first 205 Live appearance, and, and it's good to see maybe tag team matches and stuff like this on 205 Live as opposed to just the single wrestlers. I think the Cruiserweights have been the least used talent in the past few years now, even with tag teams involved, you know, like... Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it was something that they started, they tried, and it didn't quite take off as much as, you know, we kind of thought it would from the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, which was an absolute fucking brilliant tournament. Mm, without a doubt, you know. Um, so, so what of only Lorcan now, then? Is he a uh, face? Because him and Danny Birch were faces, but now I see that Tony Nese is teaming up with Drew Gulak, two men that was fighting over the title a little while ago. Yeah, well, that was Nese's problem, wasn't it? That he went back to being Gulak's lackey right after uh, losing the title to him and kind of put himself back. I mean, Gulak's been dominant the cruiserweight scene recently. Lorcan's had a, a couple of kind of opportunities. But like I said, they're kind of changing up now, making Sanka a little bit different. I think going back to the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, you talk about the talent. Most of that talent hasn't been updated yet. You know, most of the guys are still here, still doing the same thing, which is not a bad thing. But when there's no progression, you're kind of stuck in the same place. Look at Jack Gallagher and how entertaining he was. Was it like three, three years ago now? You know, and now what he's doing, it's kind of not the same thing. What I want to see, and I think W should have done a long time ago, is the 205, right, let's not have it anymore. Let's merge it with NXT. And if you want to use that hour, what about a women's wrestling show for an hour? You know, think about all the amazing women's talent that we've got in the W yeah. roster. People like Naomi that's not used. People like even like Oscar and Kari Sane, uh, Ember Moon can all be featured in, a, in an hour show. And the winner of that, you know, number one contendership women's title matches on there. 
and tag team title matches, women's title, could, that could be like a show for that as well, you know? Well, wasn't NXT planning on moving to a two-hour show? So, the, you know, there's going to be adequate room for 205 Live and to, I don't know, for a few people to maybe take a step back if they're not progressing in our main roster and go down to NXT where they'll be more than welcomed back with open arms and kind of work their way through there again. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you look at the kind of the talent on the roster as well, I think there's there's room for this. And I think uh, to have, I think we definitely do the women need to kind of more approach and actually have a show. And I think that's something that, you know, Cruiserweight maybe didn't take off, but that can still be saved as a, you know, to become a title in, in NXT. Whereas we see, we need something a little bit different. You know, I remember now, you know, we've had SmackDown and uh, Raw and everything like this, and they've said it's all going to be new. But we, we, that's what we want to change. We want to have the, kind of these new, these things that we've got. But if you talk about this match and the Cruiserweight champion in there, if he uh, was to lose, he might be in trouble. It looks like Lorcan is taking control of this one. He's got them both stacked up in the corner, looking to splash into the pair of them. Yeah, Nisa and Gulak are in a bit of trouble. Gulak tries following him up, but gets caught with a back elbow. Nisa with a thumb to the eye, so his uh, switch didn't last long. And is it me, or has he got a bit of fucking um, Alex Wright going on there? <laughs> There's a little bit in there. Well, that was impressive by Nice manager to spring ball moonsault over. But Lorcan managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Good that I'm getting a bad picture on the network, and it's it's lagging behind as well. That's, that's just really kind of double whammy. Absolutely, yeah. We don't have any of this problem watching uh, All Elite. No, All Elite, perfect picture. And even Impact Res- uh, Plus, I've actually not had an issue with the stream and actually getting the content on there as well. But as I said, there's plenty of streaming sites. We talk about uh, Fight TV. Uh, of course, New Tram Pro Wrestling has got one as well. Uh, Lorcan desperately needs a tag to Danny Birch. I think the thing I like about Lorcan and Birch is they're a tag team not like other tag teams. You can't really explain them, you know what I mean? They've oh. got their own style. And I feel like he deserves a little bit more limelight, you know. It's very, you know, Lorcan had his chance on 205 Live. And Danny Birch, though, he's a veteran, but... It's something entertaining about him all the time. And Nieslin, there's no doubt, but he's just shown he can't get to a certain level. I don't think Tony Nice will get further now on the card. You know, he's trying to screw that champion. It's kind of it's a little bit of a failure, to be fair. Absolutely, yeah. Could he not become a uh, an Ali or uh, Cedric Alexander on the main roster then? No, I just don't see it. I don't know if he's got the kind of, you know, he's, he's got the look, but it's just, we're saying with Ali, his personality, and especially with Alexander as well, even though Cedric's kind of gone off the, the boil now, apparently Vincent Mann's got a problem with him. Uh, it's a bit of a shame how mental they can be, but seeming like Buddy Murphy, he had a great couple of performances King of the Ring, and then he's just not been used since. So uh, sometimes WWE just don't know how to use certain wrestlers. What's happened to Drew McIntyre? McIntyre's injured at the moment. Oh, is he? Yeah. But even then, he, what, they weren't, he was being used as a... Elias and McIntyre both got injured, and people didn't really notice. But that's how badly Shane managed. Well, they've been injured for about four months. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> about, yeah, a literally a couple of months, yeah. And that is a problem. Well, with Drew McIntyre, hopefully um, him coming back into uh, NXT UK or maybe just normal NXT would be brilliant. I'm sure you'd love that Drew McIntyre back. Yeah, I would love him back. And I just hope that there's opportunities now, I think even on the main roster, NXT UK, to use McIntyre. Uh, just let him do what he wants to do. you know. And this is a problem with talent. That we're seeing being told to do certain things. <laughs> They've just well, got to enjoy themselves, you know? Well, the case with Drew McIntyre is use him or lose him. And, you know, yeah. the emergence of so many other companies going, anyone would be lucky to have a wrestler like McIntyre. But I think that's not just... I think that's a lot of wrestlers on the WWE roster, and this is why we're kind of seeing them stockpiling, is because a lot of them would do quite well. And you see if, you know, like, it's all about AEW using Jake Hager well, 
then what would they do with someone actually on the McIntyre or, or someone like that? So there's, there's always opportunity, and that's what we never had before. And speaking of opportunity, Lorcan's got one now because he's just dodged Nice and Gulak. Calling across to Danny Birch, who's eager for the tag. Go, Drew Gulak's back in the ring now and cuts him off. And Nice pulling Birch off the apron. Now Birch wants a tag. Lorcan's pushing Gulak back. There's a show of strength led by Lorcan, managing to slam Gulak over him. Tags in Danny Birch. Now it's Birch with a big right hand and a big uppercut. Upper what? And a huge clothesline in the corner. Step up in Zaguri. Birch now off the second rope. Goes for the drop kick and the nip up. And this fantastic shape. You wouldn't believe he's in his 40s. As he tags in Lorcan. This is it now. Birch picking him up. No knees stopping it. Birch and Nice go to the outside. Lorcan in the ring with Gulak. A few chops. Gulak fights the head back to the midsection. Fucking blockbuster with authority. Rolls him up. Gulak managing to kick out. Oh. But gets turned over into the half Boston. Now Gulak's in serious trouble in the middle of the ring. Calling for Tony Nice to come and rescue him. But he gets cut off by Danny Birch. He's got a cross facing. But Gulak managing to fight out of it. Kicks Lorcan onto Birch to break up his submission hold on Nice. I love the fact they've got the same boots. That's a proper tag team. <laughs> Birch and Lorcan. Well, they've got the same trunks. The only difference is, is the British flag and the American flag. To be fair, from behind, if Lorcan got a little bit more tanned, you wouldn't have a clue. And now Lorcan now looking to finish things off. Tagging Birch. Birch's got Gulak on his shoulders. Gulak fighting out. Throws Birch into Lorcan. Tony Nice there over the top. Beautiful taking out Lorcan. Huge scoop slam to Birch in the corner. Nice leaps up top. 450 hits its mark to... No! Lorcan pulls Tony Nice off. Well, but even uh, Nice and uh, Gulak have got a similar kind of colour combination yeah. going on there. They're not, make, black. they're not making a bad team. They've had a good association. Gulak came off the apron there. Caught with a huge clothesline by Lorcan. Pump handles slam. No, Birch manages to backslide. Headbutt to the <laughs> chest. <laughs> and he may be absolute, but his chest isn't protected <laughs> by them pectorals. And Birch it. Only Lorcan feeling it on the outside. Lorcan gets the tag in. Birch picks him up. Here comes Lorcan. Uppercut off the shoulders of Birch to... Oh. He's managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Birch and Lorcan can't believe it. Nice showing a little bit of toughness there. <laughs> and Lorcan challenging in a warrior. And a huge uppercut to Gulak. Upper what? Nice with the roll-up to... Oh, had a handful of tights but still wasn't successful. Huge clothesline turns Nice inside out. One and two. Come on, one and two. Hey, number one. <laughs> He's number two, Lorcan and Birch. Gonna set him up. We assisted DDT. One, two, three. Yes. One and two have defeated the Cruiserweight champion and Tony Nice. Wow, so what's good about that is that uh, one of our favourite tag teams actually got a victory. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think that's worthwhile. <laughs> Absolutely fucking low, mate. Um, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a very good entertaining match. I thought it was going to be over with the uh, huge uppercut off the shoulders, but, you know, Tony Nice absolutely was all wanted to kick out. Uh, I thought it was a really good match as well, and like I said, it gets even better when uh, Danny Birch and only Lorcan do win. So Birch's debut on 205 Live starts off with a bang, uh, but we do move on now to NXT UK. Yes, we're coming from the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, where yes. Our first match is Travis versus Tyson Tebow. Well, T-Bone applies the cravat. Banks is trying to build some momentum. T-Bone suplex. Banks sidesteps T-Bone into the turnbuckles. Banks dumps T-Bone face first onto the canvas. Travis with a running knee slide. Tyson tumbles to the floor. 
Banks lands a suicide dive. Then he rolls T-Bone back into the ring. Then with a flying double foot stomp for a two count. Two. T-Bone negates the slice of heaven. T-Bone hits the half and half suplex for a two count. Two. T-Bone then with clubbing blows to Banks back. Then he goes for a vertical suplex, but Banks counters with an inside cradle to pick up the victory. Yeah, so not a bad match there. Second match is Ray Ripley versus Debbie Keitel. So collar and elbow tie up to start. Ripley backs Keitel to the turnbuckles and applies a waist lock. She, uh, she escapes the hold. Ripley with a gut wrench toss and then talks smack. But Keitel slaps Ripley in the face. Ripley then kicks Keitel in the gut, plants her with the riptide to pick up the victory. After the match, she talks about being the most dominant force in the NXT UK's women's division. She then gets confronted by Ginny and Jazzy Gaber. Wow. And then we get Noam Dar and Trent Seven's backstage segment. Setting up a match, Dar's big mouth got me into trouble yet again. But on to the third match is Joseph Connors versus Kenny Williams. Connors headbutts the midsection of Williams, then with clubbing blows to the back. He then body slams Williams for a two count. Two. Then drives his knee into the back of Williams. Connor applies a bow and arrow stretch. Then he decks Connors. Uh, Williams then decks Connors with a jawbreaker. It's a sling blade. Lights him up his chest with uh, an apron in Siguri. Williams then slams Connor's head first onto the top turnbuckle pad. Kicks him in the face. Springboard back elbow strike. Williams with a wheelbarrow roll up for two. Two. Connor's then uses the middle rope as a weapon. Connor's then plants Williams with a DLD to pick up the victory. We then get a recap of the Cesaro Ear Drugganoff match for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Oliver Carter will be looking to score his first victory in NXT UK. Kaylee Ray will bat a Tegan Knox in two weeks. And Noam Dar versus Trent Seven will be the main event for next week's NXT UK. So here we go. The rules for the British rounds match. Well, there will be six three-minute round, three rounds. We get a 30-second break between each round. The winner must gain either the following. Two pinfalls, two submissions, one knockout. Be ahead on falls at the end of the final round. So our main event is Cassiano versus Siskala in a British rounds match. Round one. Well, we get a feeling out process after the bell rings. Colin Elbow tie up. Ono applies a wrist lock. And then with a wrist lock takedown, he maintains wrist control. But Scala reverses the hold. Transitions into a hammerlock. Ono with a side headlock takeover. Scala then applies another hammerlock. Ono transitions into a standing cravat. Following a cravat takeover. Ono applies rear chin lock. Scala gets back to a vertical base. And then with an arm or chin bar combination. Ono signals for the test of strength. He then follows it with a double leg takedown. He applies the toe and ankle hold. Scala reverses the hold as time expires. Round two. Scala escapes the side headlock, then transitions into a standing cravat. Ono applies a full Nelson lock and goes for an arm drag takeover. But Scala lands back on his feet and negates the back body drop. Ono is flustered. Greco Roman knuckle lock. An arrow stretch. And he's using his boot for leverage. Scala is trying to escape the hold, but Ono launches Scala to the corner. He then crawls under Ono. Scala rolls Ono up for a two count. Two. Scala then reverses out of the Irish whip from Ono, who then tries to crawl under Scala. Scala with another roll up for another two count. Two. Ono goes another side headlock. Time expired, risking disqualification with that move. On to round three, Ono applies a side headlock and then delivers a throat over the shots to the midsection of Ono and then decks him with a back elbow smash, uppercuts and then drives oh, his knee into the midsection of Ono. Scalan plays an armbar, Ono drops Salah with a throat chop and then with Scala with three drop kicks, Ono responds with a rolling elbow to score the first pinfall of the match. Round four, Ono with a heavy chop then punches Scala in the back. He then applies a front face lock and then some more pressure to the back of Scala's back. 
He then body stamps Scala. Then he uh, then Ono starts talking smack to Scala. He delivers a knee drop. He's trying to wear him down. Scala with clubbing body shots. He headbutts the midsection of Ono. And then Omo with a forearm smash. He then follows that with a three-quarter Nelson. Scala breaks the hold. Ono headbutts him. Ono with a knife-edge chop as the fourth round concludes. Round five. Ono grabs the side headlock after the bell rings. He then transitions to the abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider back in the 1930s. He then repeats the ribs. Ono is toying around with Scala. He applies a half-straight jacket hold. And then with a shoulder block, he applies a clover clutch. Scala with Muay Thai knee kicks. And he punches back the Ono neck. Ono launches Scala to the ring apron, who grabs the left leg. As well, the ref admonishes Ono. Scala with a flying crossbody block for a two. Two. Ono goes for a knee drop, but Scala ducks out of the way. He then goes for a senton splash, but he, Scala gets the knees up in the air. Scala with a forearm spanning clothesline. Says time expires. Referee is trying to calm down. Scala. Round six. Scala attacks Ono from behind. Scala with rapid fire haymakers. Ono backs himself in between the ropes. Ono with a rolling senton for a two count. Two. He then towers over Scala. Ono punches Scala in the back. Then Scala tries to get back to his feet, but struggling. Ono applies a sleeper hold. Scala's trying to power out the hold. Ono with a forearm shot across. Sure up. <coughs> Ono with a forearm shot Scala's neck. He then gets Scala in the electric chair position. Ono then goes for the electric chair drop, but Scala rolls him over for a two. Two. Scala with a crucifix roll up for another two. Two. Ono drops Scala with a big boot. And then goes for the neck break, but Scala counters with a backside cover. But Ono managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, time expires as the referee was going to make the free count. Ono escapes Cardiff with the victory. And the winner, Cassius Ono, 1-0 via pinfall. Yeah, so the British style is back. We say it was a lot more enjoyable to watch than it was to read. So, next episode is 25th of September, still from Cardiff, Wales. And the first match is Oliver Carter versus Liguero. Well, Carter decks Liguero with a back elbow smash and then kicks him in the face. He's all with an apron insecurity, but Liguero responds with an avalanche arm drag takeover for two. Two. Liguero applies a bow and arrow stretch. Carter with rapid fire body shots and an overhead belly to belly suplex. He nails Liguero with a hook kick for a two. Carter goes for the vertical suplex, but Liguero lands back on his feet. Liguero applies a waist lock. Carter uppercuts Liguero. After what? Carter with a springboard moonsault, but Liguero managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Liguero monkey flips Carter into the turnbuckle, so Liguero hits the slingshot stunner. He then super kicks Carter, and he plants him with the C4L to pick up the victory. Well, Walter pays a visit to the NXT UK Performance Centre. Never forget, the mat is sacred. The UK will be moving to Thursday starting next week. We get a Tegan Knox vignette. And Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin segment. Well, Tyler Bate put up a valiant fight against WWE NXT UK champion Walter, but it didn't impress Jordan Devlin. Uh, well, nothing really impresses old midget Ed, does it, I suppose? And the second match is Nina Samuels versus Danny Luna. Well, Luna drills Samuels with a brain buster for a two. Two. And then bounces Luna's head on the top ropes and with a slingshot call splash for another two. Two. Samuels toys around with Luna, but Luna reverses out the Irish rip from Samuels. Samuels managed to hit a back elbow smash, but Luna catches her in midair. Luna with a fall-away slam for another two. Two. Samuels avoids a pump kick and drops Luna with a big boot. He then plants her with a final act to pick up the victory. Yes, that winner is Nina Samuels via pinfall. And Kaylee Ray will bat a Tegan Knox next week. And on to our third match of the evening. It is Noam Dar versus Trent Seven. Well, Noam Dar said to Trent Seven last week, Brick Strong style is dead, which didn't please Trent Seven much. 
But I always like Trent because they're, they're more huskier gentlemen and I'm always a fan of Noam Dar as well. So this was quite an easy match to pick for me here. So it's uh, my pick in the Cruiserweight Classic against your pick in the Cruiserweight Classic. So, I mean, Dar's been around quite a long time now in WWE, so it's good to see him. I think NXT UK maybe works for him better just because of um, a kind of even the crowd reaction that he's going to get. Don't get me wrong, he can do 205 Live. But for Trent Seven, can he hack it as a singles wrestler without Tyler Bate or Pete Dunne? I think he can, yeah. He's certainly got the talent. You know, he's a very good performer. Maybe, you know, probably the third best out of British Strong Style. But, you know, it is a great stable. And I think it's time for Trent Seven to prove himself. Yeah, I think the third best in British Strong Style doesn't mean that he's the worst in the next two UK by any stretch of the imagination. But I think Darcy's an opportunity there. And he's a man that, you know, beat Travis Banks at TakeOver. So he's trying to pick up victories as well. And to beat Trent Seven, I think, would be quite a big deal for Noam Dar at this moment in time. Absolutely, yeah. But at this moment, Trent Seven just slamming Dar down. Dropping the huge leg drop. One, two, it's the two count. Two. So Noam Dar, he tried cutting his teeth in uh, 205 Live. Right move coming back to NXT UK? Yeah, I think it's a perfect move. Like I said, the reaction from the crowd is going to be a lot better. People know who Noam Dar is, especially across this side of the pond. And he's a guy, like I said, could have worked on cruiserweights, but I think he's got a personality, and I think that's going to set him well here on NXT UK. He's, he's someone I like more than, say, a Jordan Devlin. I think Dar's oh, got, yeah. got more upside when it comes to that. So out of these two guys here, who would fare better on the main roster? I think Trevor Bate on the main roster, and I hate saying it. That's why I'd, I don't know as a singles wrestler. I think there's just something missing from Trent Seven a little bit. He's definitely he can go in the ring. But I would miss Mustache Mountain. And speaking of Mustache Mountain, Dar's mocking him there. So I think Dar would work. I think Dar had the ability to be a heel as well as a face, though. I think he could do the kind of plucky. You talk about an Ali or a, a Cedric Alexander, you know, that plucky underdog. I think he could do that. But I was also saying about him that you want to smack him in the face. And I think that's always good for a wrestler. Absolutely, yeah. You know, a heel. He could be a face, but he can be one of the cocky kind of faces. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, you know, but he's also he's a bit smarmy, which will help him as well. And even mocking like British Strong Style, I think, you know, with Dar, he's obviously one mean in business. I think NXT UK suffered a little bit because after TakeOver, uh, it's going to go a little bit quiet because we're waiting for the next kind of uh, major event now, aren't we, you know? Major event now. So I think at this moment in time, especially with, you know, kind of what um, Imperium have been up to later as well. So it's a bit, you know, at this moment in time, NXT UK, not on the 205 Live level, of course, because it's got some fantastic talent, but it still needs to be relevant with so much content on the uh, in the world, basically. <laughs> you know, with wrestling, we talk about it. It's got to make sure we can free up an hour in its day or, you know, or an hour in its week. At the moment, I think it's still got that. Absolutely, yeah. But again, you know, the thing that I like about the NXT kind of programming is uh, the focus on the champion. You know, it's not all about Volta. It is about, you know... Everyone is as good as everyone. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's what they need to kind of keep it as that. And uh, I think it works. And I and I feel even with like the tag team division and women division, it's probably the most equal um, roster in WWE where anybody could be champ. You know, even Dar. You know, say Dar versus Walt or someone like that, be an interesting matchup because Dar is very very confident. He's got on top of uh, Trent Seven at the moment. Yeah, but Trent Seven, he is the one that gets beaten down in the British Strong Style Tag Team Partnership he does have with uh, Tyler Bates. Yeah. So, you know, he's used to taking a beat and absorbing all that punishment and coming back. You know, he's not going to be able to get the tag, but he might be able to come back and get a victory. I mean, without a doubt, he's always carrying some sort of injury. You know, <laughs> there's going to be something wrong with Trent Seven. As Darnell mocking Trent, he's going to try and put him away. 
Well, he's trying to put Trent Seven away with Trent's tag team partner's finishing move. One way to do it, I suppose. Well, that's not a slap in the face. That's spitting in the man's face. And Trent, though, with the chops. Well, um, Noam Dar goes to duck it, so he gets caught with a DDT instead. Trent comes running in, just takes that dog with a chop. With a full Nelson slam. Plants Noam Dar to... Two. I mean, you know, there's, there's fat wrestlers and there's in-shape wrestlers. Yeah. And Trent Seven's kind of neither, but uh, both. Yeah. I would say Owens is more in shape than Trent Seven. Yeah. You know, in, in that way of... Don't get me wrong, Trent Seven's just impressed that there was suicide dive, but he could do a little bit of a toning, so to speak. Well, you know, he's got it everywhere, just his his belly. Yeah. Well, he's going to use that to effect now as he comes off the top. But the corkscrew splash, Dar dodge. And now Dar's going to look to take out Trent. Kick to the arm, but Trent responds. Elbow shot. And he's looking for the seven star, but Dar kicks his leg out. Turn it round, both men spinning in circles. And Dar's making Trent dizzy, he got him in a suplex. But Trent managing to block it. <laughs> Clothesline. Turn Dar inside out. Trent with a cover. But no, Dar managing to kick out. Uh. My God, Dar may be out. And the first shot, and this is awesome. And now Trent looking for the burning hammer, but Dar's got the nose. Trent with a chop taking Dar down. For a clothesline away. Catches Seven with a pump kick to the face. Dar trying to finish this one. And a huge clothesline to the back of the head. Trent may be out. No, manages to kick out. Oh. So you can kind of see the difference, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. I mean, Tyler Bate's going against the likes of Volta and Trent Seven's going against Dar. You know, not to discredit Dar, but it's apples and oranges, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Can Trent build himself up the roster? Is this a thing for Bate? To face maybe Dar down the line as well. I mean, that might be interesting to build up Dar a little bit. Is he maybe looks to put Trent Seven away, but he sees sees the towel Mustache Mountain. Blows his nose and then wipes something. Nose first and wipe it on your armpit. Oh, no. Well, Dar puts the towel down his trousers. Oh! <laughs> Trent catches him with a huge clothesline. Spots the towel down the trunks of Dar. Go on, grab the white thing down his trousers. Oh, and Trent Seven just furious. Disrespecting out of the right hand. The referee's counting. Oh, and a disqualification finish. Well, that's one way of uh, getting Dar the victory without putting Trent Seven under and vice versa. Well, I think that's the right thing to do maybe at this moment in time, but I don't think these two have finished yet with Far each other. Well, Thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very entertaining match. Um, you know, Noam Dar got more offense than I would have expected to, him to against Trent Seven, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, I quite liked it. You know, it's quite an even match, like I said. And I think Dar maybe looked a little bit stronger coming off that. Uh, but Trent, you know, like I said, he's got to try and watch his anger. And he's got so many things in his head at the moment. So many things to do. He's got to concentrate on what he's actually doing. And that is trying to win wrestling matches. So we move on to UK. And it is the 3rd of October. Yes, we are still at the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. Wales and Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness are on commentary. Well, we've got to be getting close to the end of this taping cycle, right? I mean, TakeOver feels like it was forever ago, and we should have moved on to the new era. The women take centre stage this week with Kaylee Ray facing the often injured Tegan Knox. I'm not sure what to expect from this one, but it could be good. We get the opening sequence, and now the first match is Piper Niven versus Isla Dawn, or Isla Dawn, as I always call her. Uh, we're going to get it one-on-one action, and... Uh, NXT UK, our final NXT UK, and that's it. it's not been great this month, but the women's division, I feel, is one of the strongest in WWE, Dan. What are your thoughts? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, they've got so much talent there. <coughs> um, from the new NXT Women's Champion all the way down to uh, Candy Floss. No, I think, you know, you definitely could pick three women who would compete, I think, on uh, Raw or SmackDown as well. You know, we think about someone like Piper Niven, Ray Ripley's still involved in it, of course, Tony Storm, former NXT UK Women's Champion. I mean, where would you want to see Tony Storm going? We talk about her for a second. You've been a huge fan. Where would you want to see her going after NXT UK? Would you want to stay her in? Um, I'd like her to stay down in NXT UK, maybe go to just normal NXT. I think that would be the best place for her. Um, and then probably maybe Raw Smackdown. Yeah, I think she's definitely ready for the main roster, don't you? Absolutely, yeah, she has. She's a great talent. There's a few on the women's roster here that could definitely make the jump and certainly improve if Raw or Smackdown. Yeah, I think Piper Niven would make a huge impact uh, going up the main roster. I think she'd be a legitimate threat. Straight away, it's interesting how UK have played her because she was undefeated until coming up to Rhea Ripley, and then since then just trying to build momentum. But I think she's definitely someone with uh, with Kaylee Ray's champion right now, who might be looking to have a shot at the women's title sooner rather than later. Dan, absolutely, yeah, well, well deserved. There's, as you say, you know, there's a few women that deserve a title shot. Will Kaylee Ray hold the title for long? Well, this is the thing: is it's a surprise when she beat Tony Storm. But uh, I think maybe uh, a longer reign might help her out a little bit for maybe people who are not really sure what she could do. She's a veteran of the business, or maybe she's holding it for the next kind of face champion. I think Viper would fit that very well. <coughs> As Isla Dawn trying to roll up Viper. It's not going to work, but Dawn's not been downed yet in this match. Irish whip catches Piper with a drop kick, sends her back towards the ropes. Goes for a second one, fine cross body, but gets caught by Piper. Who slams her. And that could be it now. Niven cross body slam right onto oh, yeah. Dawn. Dawn managing to kick out. Ah. So it's the Dawn. What do you reckon of her then? She's what? quite a good about her business. I don't think we've seen uh, the best of her yet in NXT, but I think there's a lot of talented women. Like we talk about, when anybody, I think the women's division is kind of the same. So people like Zia Brookside as well is someone who you put into the fold as being quite a good talent. Ginny, even though she is skinny. You know, it's still quite good, along with uh, Jazzy Gaber as well. So the division has is, is, is got a lot going for it at the moment in time, you know. And Dawn hopefully looking to break out from it. She could put performance in here against Viper. That would definitely help her. But I think, you know, as, as you say, all the divisions throughout NXT UK are quite strong. The tag team division's good. You've got a few tag teams going for it. A lot of very talented singles competitors. And the women's division is definitely bringing it. <laughs> the women's division is definitely bringing it here. As Dawn now has just been caught by Vi uh, Piper Niven. I'd like to see Piper Niven and Randy Orton and the Viper standoff. Well, Randy Orton wouldn't be... He would RKO her because he's, he's got a history of, you know, RKO women. Like, well, you know, Stephanie McMahon as well. So, yeah, larger woman, you're right. But it's the thing with Viper here is that she's going to have the advantage over everybody in NXT UK. It's how she uses it. And at the moment, she's on top of Dawn. I wake up at the crack of Dawn. I said, Dawn, get off my face. So you've mentioned uh, JR on All Elite Wrestling. What about Jerry the King Lawler back on commentary? Yeah, that's a weird, interesting commentary lineup, isn't it, on Raw? Kind of experimental, but yeah, he's back on there. He's, he's, he's ever reliable, isn't he? You know, but I think with JR, he's got a little bit more to give. I think it's interesting, the SmackDown lineup as well with Michael Cole doing that. And of course, with NXT UK, um, we've got Tom Todd. What the fuck is his name? Tom Todd Phillips joining NXT UK's commentary team. So that's a bit of a demotion from him. We still don't know what's going on with Byron Saxton. 
and of course Vic Joseph from Raw now as well and uh, Nigel McGuinness doing the NXT so it's an interesting what do you think has got the best commentary team <laughs> across all wrestling okay, across all wrestling yet yeah. I think you can't go wrong with a bit of JR <laughs> so JR so the announced team you have for AEW Dynamite is your favourite at the moment yeah no I think that's, that's fair enough I think Corey Graves for me on Smackdown is just saying I don't like about him I think Michael Cole is, is very underrated but back to this one, and Viper, who had the submission in, just gets back suplexed by Dawn. As the Dawn comes across with a huge knee into the cover. No, Piper managing to kick out. Oh. So, James, no mention of Mauro Ronaldo, though. Mauro Ronaldo, you, you hate him, so okay. there would be no point mentioning him. Okay, That's so right. I, I do think You have got wise it. in your old age. I, I am getting older. Not wise. The amount of streaming problems we have with the network is unbelievable. Yeah, it almost makes it unwatchable at times because it's just so... I don't know why it does it for, do you know what I mean? There's no excuse for it. No. Everything else we stream on telly, it works perfectly mm. apart from the network, ever since the update. I mean, we had a few problems before the update. Yeah, but but it has been, and that's the other problem, trying to do a network thing every month with... If you just can't, you know, watch the prog- programs, the programs take, you know, three hours to get through. And it's just so annoying. It takes up the flow of every match as well, like it's doing this one. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> and Dawn's got the front face lock. They'll never imagine to get out of the submission. Push Dawn away. Hits her with the headbutt. And now looking for the Viper driver. Hits it, goes for the cover. One, two, three. And Niven gets the victory there. And she looked pretty dominant in that. I won't ask you about what you thought of the match, but Niven gets a victory that was needed, and we move on in NXT UK. Yes, Ia Dragunov has a shoulder injury and isn't cleared for tonight. Alexander Wolf comes up and says that's a shame because he likes Dragunov. Wolf will take his match tonight so Dragunov can think about his future. We get a video on the hunt. On the hunt? Oh. Niven wants a title shot, but here's Ginny to say that's her spot. Jazzy Gaber jumped Piper from behind. Ooh, and then Alexander Wolf versus Saxon Huxley. The fans give Huxley a Jesus chant as he headlocks Wolf over. Huxley flips down for an arm bar, but Wolf takes down Huxley's knee pad to escape. As Huxley fixes it, Wolf kicks him in the face to take over. Something close to a Fujiwara arm bar goes on for all of a few seconds, so Wolf suplexes him as said. Wolf starts stomping on the hand before going to the neck crank, followed by another arm bar. He's certainly versatile when he has. Well, make that a chin lock with Huxley loudly shouting no. And insecurity staggers Huxley, but he's right back with a Fez press minus the press. A dropkick puts Wolf into the corner and the fans are actually standing to cheer for Huxley. Wolf avoids a pump kick low and snap mares off a German suplex. The Batista bomb finishes Huxley off at 7 minutes and 9 seconds. Ashton Smith is ready to bounce back when the grizzled young vets for being so down on the totem pole. Insults are traded, so Smith promises to get a partner for a match. We get Mike Bird versus Jack Stars. Bird. Or not. As Gallus has attacked Stars and dragged him down to the ring, they put Bird over as the godfather of Welsh wrestling and list off some people that he has trained. That includes Webster Morgan Flash and Mark Andrews, so they would like to send him a message. The beatdown is on with Andrews and Webster running in for the save, but Coffee comes out to take care of the champs. No match, of course. And next week we get Jesse Gaybert versus Piper Niven. And up next is Kaylee Ray versus Tegan Knox in a non-title matchup. Yeah, this match really started. It's been going for a few minutes now. The story has been Kaylee Ray been working on the uh, reconstructed knee of Tegan Knox. Bit backstory: she was probably the favourite for the May Young Classic 
uh, last year but suffered a horrible injury and the year before suffered an injury as well so she suffered two of these she's finally come back to action and she's gotten KWA's face and the new NXT UK Women's Champion wants to put up a fight and as she's been dominating with her legs in the early going it's just Tegan knocks at this chance managed to move and we saw Kaylee Ray go straight into the ring post and the shoulder may be injured now and now the fight is back on <coughs> The Scott Katie Ray versus the Welsh Tegan Knox. It's definitely a battle of Britain in this one. Yes, you can see Tegan Knox with her heavily like braced up knees. She's trying to shake some life back into her legs. And you gotta think after suffering two injuries like that, how long the body can hold up. You know, we talk about someone like Chumper who suffered some really serious injuries, with Tegan Knox still got the heart to trying to carry on. And now she's step up in Zaguri the back of Katie Ray's head. Needs to be careful going up the top. A lot of impact on them knees won't be good for her. <coughs> now comes Tegan. Oh, the Molly go round. Into the cover. Two. Oh. No. Ray managing to kick out. Ah. Well, we spoke earlier about the women's division. And again, Tegan Knox could jump the queue with victory over the champion and non-title. But it's just say it's a boon for women's wrestling. at this moment. The quality that was on show in the AEW uh, Rio versus Nyla Rose match. That was fantastic. We know what we see on NXT, even though it is Basler as champion. Of course, the four horsewomen in WWE. And now we're getting this, and that was a beautiful super kick by Kaylee Ray. Looking for the gory stretch, but Tiga managed to roll her up to. No, Kaylee Ray managed to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And a super kick to the face by Tiga Knox. Kaylee Ray may be out again, going into the cover, but Kaylee Ray gets his shoulder up at two. Two. And now Tegan holding the knee, trying to. Put some blood back into it. <coughs> oh, Katie Ray there with a tornado DDT. Drops Tegan. Oh, two count. Two. Katie Ray's got the guillotine locked in. It's just like that. Both women on the mat. Katie Ray took the advantage. Now Tegan rolling with Katie's body. Uh, trying to stretch out of her leg, but Ray rolls it back to the middle of the ring. I think Tegan Knox has much other option but to tap out. <coughs> Well, Knox powers uh, Kaylee Ray up and just hits her with a spine buster. Kaylee Ray relinquishes a hold but immediately goes back onto it. I think that's a better version of submission as she had before. No, Tegan Knox managing to get to that bottom rope. Break the submission. Kaylee Ray nearly had it won then. Alive getting out of Tegan Knox. But she's still in this. Injured leg and all. Stripped to Ray and then just gets planted. Well, what the hell was that? Like a Two. choke slam or something. <laughs> Put the champion down, but Kaylee Ray managed to kick out. Ah, Tegan Knox still not right in the legs. <laughs> but she's going back up top. She was successful last time. Not successful this time as she gets crutched up there. Kaylee Ray just stretching that in top rope and then just kicking all the way down. Kaylee Ray signalling for the end now. We're going to see the gory special. No, Tegan managing to reverse. Oh! <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, the Canadian Destroyer. Tegan goes into the cover. The oh. Canadian Destroyer in Wales to a Scottish bird. My God. And the Scottish bird managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Tegan got the fans on her feet then. Finally getting some life into her legs again. Can she win in her hometown? Shining Wizard. One, two, no. Ray managing to get a foot on the bottom rope. It's resilient from the champ. And it just shows the years and years of experience for Katie Ray. Knowing where she is at all times in that ring. And now both women on the apron. Tegan comes in with a shot. And Katie Ray dodges it. And she might have just shattered that leg across the ring post. 
horrible impact. And they're talking about career-ending injuries. She's in trouble. Katie Ray senses it like a shark smelling blood. Gory bomb to... That's what the NXT UK Women's Champion is all about. And she beats the hometown hero. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very entertaining match. Um, Tegan Knox definitely coming back into it. Going up against Kaylee Ray. She's starting to grow a bit on me now. She's a very talented competitor. Without, without a doubt, you can see it there. Really good match with Tegan. Like I said, Tegan has got potential to uh, go forward. as has got a babyface NXT UK. And Kaylee Ray is the champion. I think it's really good that we see her with, even though it was non-title, to see a winner match that was competitive without any help. We always talk about that as champions, and that's exactly what we needed. Indeed. So that's well, it for sorry. That's it for NXT UK then for this week, and we move on. Yes, we have just seen some great women's action, and on the documentary series by Damien Abrahams, being on Viceland in the UK can be seen on YouTube. Episode 7 was one of the best. Stardom in Japan, the very first women-only promotion. Oscar, Kari Sane and Ayo Shai were a big part of the promotion. But whilst the documentary was being filled, Piper Niven, Zaya Brookside and Tony Storm were the world's most-known stars to us. Because there's a lot of Japanese talent. This is a fantastic series. Ten episodes. There's some that hit, hit and miss. This one was a real hit. You can see this on YouTube. It's just a clip of basically what it's all about. You got other wrestlers like Chris Wolf and stuff like this. But the clip is quite funny because it just talks about Tony Storm, Gonzaga Brookside's time in Japan and kind of what it meant to him as well. <coughs> there you go. So what do you think of that then, Dan? Oh, absolutely brilliant. Um, no, it is a good insight into uh, how non-Japanese women fare in Japan wrestling. You know, they're saying about the language barriers and, you know, they're just having a kind of like a training match and other people rush the ring, clang, 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 finish, finish, finish. You know, it is. It's uh, it must be confusing out there. Yeah, it is, but it's nice to see the relationship built between that kind of Tony Storm and Brookside to kind of be together there and try to experience all together. And like I said, it's like a wrestling bubble, didn't she? So we're in a little bubble here in Japan where it's kind of treated like a real sport. So you're kind of with that anyway, and you kind of it's going to be tough, but you kind of get respect along the way. And I think it's great when you see someone Tony Storm why she's making it at the moment in the UK is to pick up these experiences that she had. Like to stardom as a promotion. The first ever women's only promotion ever. And it kind of built through that. And the kind of stars of tomorrow. Like we saw, you know, people like Kari saying. And I think it's great to see a documentary like that. Like I said, it's available on YouTube or on Viceland in the UK. It's a Canadian guy. And I love a guy that's passionate about something. Uh, and especially when it comes to the kind of wrestling itself. Or like anything like that. If, 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 you, if you're passionate about something, like, like I am on the podcast. You know, like you as well, Dan. And then it comes through, and that's what you can definitely see. And like I said, a couple of ones are a bit hit and misses, but the ones I have seen, like the next couple, is going to be about the kind of legends of the sport who are kind of past their peak, and then about death matches. Here's something to catch. Uh, that is available now. Next up, the NWA. Yes, well, Billy Corgan and Dave. Yes, Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana's National Wrestling Alliance tapes their first batch of studio shows in Atlanta tonight. That was Monday, September the thirtieth. And this morning, they've announced some key details about the series, what it will be called, and how you'll be able to watch it. Well, the National Wrestling Alliance is proud to announce NWA Power, and it's coming to you worldwide every Tuesday at 6.05, starting October 8th. As unveiled today by the NWA president, Billy Corgan, at the Hard Rock Cafe Atlanta, this return to its roots for the National Wrestling Alliance, with studio wrestling is being made widely available for all great wrestling fans at the same time around the world. You can watch the show with no restrictions, no paywalls, 
with other NWA fans during the live premiere every Tuesday at 6.05. And if you can't watch the live premiere, the show will be available on demand via those platforms. Plus, will be made available on Fight TV every Saturday night. Basically, it's the MLW route minus the B in sports television piece, which will help them get eyeballs on the product. Because there aren't a ton of obstacles checking out free wrestling at your leisure on N- on any internet-enabled device. Whether or not fans keep coming back after checking out will be key to monetizing the show online and getting it on. Well, the NWA also announced that the power will be building towards their next pay-per-view and it's set for Saturday, December 14th in Atlanta. Well, this week's tapings are also filming tomorrow. will feature a world heavyweight title match between Nick Aldis and Tim Storm. No, not Tony, Tim. All of NWA's champions and most recognisable names are set to be there. National champion James Storm, NWA tag team champions Royce Isaac and Tom Latmer, women's world champion Alison Kay, Eli Drake, the Rock and Roll Express, Colt Cabana and more. Yeah, so who's going to watch that then, the NWA, Dan? Are you going to try and make, Tom, your schedule to watch it? Probably not, though. Probably not. Well, the NWA, like I said, it does a good um, 10, 12 pounds of gold on the YouTube series. And the thing about the NWA, it's, it's the oldest kind of wrestling promotion going. It does date back to kind of 1902 and stuff like this. So it is something, I mean, but look, the guys on there, are uh, like Rock and Roll's first kind of guys either leaving the end of their careers or people like Colt Cabana who never really made it anywhere else, you know. But it's good that there's different kind of um, choices out there for anybody. Uh, one bit of news that's just dropped today. Jeff Hardy's been arrested again for drunken and um, being intoxicated. Uh, it's the second time this year that uh, he's he's done it, and WWE released a statement saying that Jeff Hardy is responsible for being Jeff Hardy. So is that a problem? He said he had kicked the habit. Do you think there's a problem for Jeff Hardy there? I think there is a, a a very big problem. That's not good because our next subject is deaths. Yes, uh, Rick Bogner, the man who briefly portrayed the character of Fake Razor Ramon when Scott Hall moved to WCW, passed away last week. No cause of Bogner made his professional wrestling debut in 1988 as Big Titan and wrestled as Canadian Indies before moving to Japan to wrestle for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. After a very short stint in East W in 1996, Bogner joined WWF in September of the same year and was introduced by Hill Jim Ross as a new Razor Ramon. Glenn related to on Kane, he transformed into the new Diesel's part of the storyline following the departures of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. The fake Razor Ramon and Diesel gimmicks did not last long though, and by the end of January 1997, the storyline was dropped and later that year, he departed the company after his one year. Bogner returned to his big Titan name, then joined New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he wrestled until 2001. So rest in peace, Rick Bogner. So the last thing we've got to do, finally, it's time for NXT Update. Dan, when does NXT Update start? Now! So it's September 11th, pre-Slipknot, we see Ray Ripley arrive in an SUV limo. <coughs> Mar Ovenalo, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix. Welcome us to Full Sail Live on tape last time. We're starting with some unannounced Damien Priest action. And he defeated Boa via pinfall after the reckoning. Well, both men are about the same size and that a little attitude doesn't help the Chinese wrestler much. Priest powers him down and does the deal with a falcon arrow, then starts taunting with moves like an ear pull. Boa hulks up and gets in some offense that culminates with a dropkick in the corner, but that pisses the archer of him. He takes to the top off with a roundhouse kick. Well, video package recaps the issues between North American champ Velveteen Dream and Roger Strong. Dream replies to Roddy burning his couch last week, saying if he burns, Strong burns with him. We're told the match is during the first hour on USA Network next week. Well, Johnny Street closes here and Gagano 
is restrained but has a smile on his He shares some high fives with fans ringside and offers a thumbs up on his way into the ring. Mike in hand, he waits out and then encourages a Johnny Wrestling chant. When it won't stop, he takes a seat on the bottom rope for a second. He cuts it off by saying he told the folks in the back he wouldn't be very long. He asked to come out because he heard the rumours and everyone from his mum to the guy in the front row being Johnny Gagano. Last time he was in the ring, he fell 20 feet from the top of the steel cage and woke up to people chanting, Thank you, Johnny. And he wanted to come out and say thank you to the fans. They built NXT together and he loves everything about the place. It's about people like him coming out there and putting their hearts into creating the best professional wrestling show the world has to offer. He's been here a long time and he's seen people come and go. All of them have the say in the future and he's made his choice. The fans have his back since day one. So he wanted to come out here and tell us that he's officially... Well, here comes a shirtless Shane Fawn. The Aussie asks if this is necessary. Do we need more Johnny time? Fawn cracks his neck as the Johnny wrestling chant starts up again. The Gagano could have just pulled out a tweet, but no. He makes his way into the ring while Full Sail boos him. Shane gets it. He's a pillar of NXT, but this place will be fine without him. In fact, with the right person finally in the spotlight, it's going to be even better. He tells Gagano to take his bow, and Johnny starts to leave, but then he stops at the ropes. He tells Shane he's right. He is NXT, and he's not going anywhere. Super kicked up. Gagano's all smiles as he spells out NXT in the air. He says NXT for life to the camera as he exits. Forgotten Sons get a hype video. They're the savages of NXT and they'll be forgotten no more. And Pete Dunne defeated Ango Garza via submission with a finger snap. Well, Garza stops Kiss from the grandmother who hates Tommaso Ciampa on his way to the ring. The handsome Latino poses on the ring post while the bruiser weight gives Ango asks him for time to strip his pants off but Dunne takes him down with Garza gets up but is taken down by the arm and it's digit. Angel shows off some technical wrestling and Dunne gives him half a smile on the both men fly around the ring, but a kick put the Brit in control. But just for a moment, Garza lures Pete in by offering him a final... Action moves to the other side of the ring, and Angel stands on, on his head on the apron and kicks him in the face. Garza rolls in, and Dunn barely beats a 10 count. Bruce sells in the corner, but chops his way back into it. Double stomp on the finger is followed by a near fall. Both men struggle to sustain offense, and they trade covers. Garza's frustrated after Dunn kicks out uh-huh. and leaves an opening for Pete to trap his arms and stomp him in the head. Ango won't stay down and fights back and locks, looks for the win with a moonsault. But Dung, Dung gets his knees up, traps the armor. Garza has to tap to save his fingers. We see the Street Profits last Monday in Central Park. Montez Ford puts over how he and Angelo Dawkins made history by working their first Raw for Madison Square Garden. Dawkins says it's great, but they're misses. And with NXT coming to USA on September 18th, what better time to get their tag titles back then they realise they don't know how to get to... Cameron Grimes defeated Raul Mendoza via pimping double stump. Yeah, my man. Fast-paced open as they do rolling covers a bit and Mendoza almost picks up an early win. He controls the following sequence too, but Grimes catches him with a drop kick while he's on the apron to put him... He grounds things with an armbar, but Mendoza powers up and pushes the North Carolina into the court. Raul walks the top rope and hits a drop kick for two. Two! He grounds Grimes again and goes for the Phoenix Splash, but Cameron rolls away and ends it. Just like that. Well, Candice Ray Bargin is the general manager William Regal's office to demand to know why he keeps giving Shi'ai chances. The Ray can't even promise to get to next week's triple threat. Regal can't argue with Candice and makes next week number one contender match a fatal four-way. He also realises that if Ray wins tonight, he might well have to make it a five-way. Mrs. Wrestling says if she means to get hands on EO, she doesn't care how many people the GM puts in the ring. Dakota Kai gets a video. We're told she returns.
soon. Nigel tells us that Matt Riddle Kid in Day Street Fight is on the second hour of next week's show, the W Network's portion. Shayna Baszler defeated Rao Ripley via disqualification. The NXT Women's Champion grabs an arm immediately and forces Ripley to grab the rope to force a break. Baszler tries for a takedown, but the Aussie slows it off and puts Shania down. They trade holes in the feet in the middle of the ring, but Baszler can't lock anything on because Ripley powers through. Ripley slams her down and shoulder blocks her into the corner. She lines the champ up for a boot, but Shania dodges and kicks her knee, hamstring out of her, hung up. Takedown with a cravat variation, but Ripley powers out. The same thing with a Kurafuga clutch until Baszler applies it while sitting on the top turn. The referee forces a break and Rao drop kicks Shayna to the floor. She goes over the champ. Baszler recovers but ends up slammed face first. Into Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke slide in to save their friend. Ripley fights them off but the distraction allows Baszler to kick her in the leg again. Duke gives Shania a chair who looks to swing it despite the ref promising to DQ her. Right away and nails Baszler with it. And the three quarters of horsewomen sink away while Ripley poses. Well the Undisputed Era get a promo talking about how close we are to their prophecy coming true. Alan Cole wasn't talking about how NXT is going live on USA Network, but Roddy's about to take the North American title and he'll be draped in gold. Strong asked if he saw what he did. He hated the couch and he hates Velveteen Dream. The NXT champ says once they've been the titles, they'll be unstoppable. And that's not a promise, boys and girls. That's undisputed. So let's move on. September 18th, we are on the USA Network. The show opens with a video package featuring Triple H talking up tonight's show. He eventually turns and opens the curtain and reveals that he is, in fact, live in the arena. Ha! <laughs> Hoodwinked. Well, the first match is Bianca Belair versus Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai versus Mia Yim in an NXT Championship number one contenders match. Well, LeRae and Shirai right at it brawling. Yim and Belair not far behind. Candice off the ropes, but Bianca catches her with a shoulder block. Military press walking her around into the press drop. Belair hands spring moonsault. Mia breaks it up. Guillotine choke countered into a suplex, only two. Two! And EO breaks it up. Tiger faint kick on Yim. Shirai follows it up with a springboard missile drop kick. No. Well, Mia with a step up tornado DDT on Bianca. Larray breaks it up. Forearm chops on Yim. Running backsplash to the apron. X Factor on the apron takes Shirai out. Belair hits Sam. Mia off the ropes. Suicide dive on both of them. EO up top, diving moonsault to the floor. Well, back from a commercial, it's a Tower of Doom, slow to recover. Larray up first, Octopus holds on Shai. Yim breaks it up, Belair hits a spine buster on her. EO with a double underhook backbreaker. Candice with a snap German suplex, following it up with a poison Frankenstein attempt on Belair, but she reverses it into a face buster. Mir comes in, cold blue for two. Two. When EO breaks. Stand in switch, Bianca spears both of them. Argentine backbreaker rack, KOD, not enough. Protect your neck, still no. Shirai drop kicks Yim out of the ring. She's got Larray where she wants her. Double knees in the corner, double jump, but Mia pushes EO down. Yim up top, Candice climbs up after her. Mia slips under, jockeying for position. Poison for springboard. And Candice Larray wins by pinfall with a cabrado on Mia Yim to become the NXT Women's Champion. Well, post-match, Shayna Baszler comes down with her lackeys to stare at Candice down. And we cut with backstage with Velveteen Dream to send us to the break. Back from commercial, we get a video package recapping Dominic Djakovic versus Keith Lee, followed by a recap of Matt Riddle. Well, Cameron Grimes versus Sean Maluta is our next match. Maluta charges in. And Cameron Grimes wins by pinfall with a pop-up stomp. Where's, uh, where's Smiley Smiley, Happy Smiley Man? I He's mean, injured yeah. at the moment. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. A video package for Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream follows us as we go to the break. And back from commercial in time for the entrances. And now it's Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. And these two men 
and started with pure wrestling in the early going. Now, the stage has changed a little bit for NXT. There is no uh, ramp anymore. It's just a screen there. Uh, but do you think as a weekly show going live as opposed to what it's been with the tapings? I think it'd be better going live with a weekly show. Um, you know, especially with all these spoilers, you, you're finding out things that happen four weeks in advance. It's really bugging. Yeah, I think that's true. I know we're going to see a little bit more. Of course, we're going to talk about the ratings as well when it comes to NXT versus AEW. Now, of course, they're going to go head-to-head. But what have you thought of Velveteen Dreamers, North American champion? I feel it's been slightly... And that's nothing against uh, Velveteen Dream. I just... I don't know. I don't know. It's Has Velveteen Dream cooled off a little bit, do you reckon? He has, yeah. I mean, he's still a kind of cool character, but maybe we're seeing a bit too much of him. As I, th- for... I think we've seen everything he has to offer already. So there's nothing more to come out of the woodwork. I think that's, that might be a fair point. He's still a young man, so he's still got a lot to learn. But uh, I think with Roderick Strong, he's someone that uh, I think has has been built up quite well the past year, especially when you consider where he's been to and what, you know, kind of been a loser in the end and now finally coming back. And I think he definitely deserves this opportunity he's getting here. And the dream there, beautiful, pumping and grinding, double axe smash off the top, sends Dream uh, sends Strong to the outside and Dream comes following. <laughs> yeah, I think Roddy oh so close. Um, I don't know, he was a very interesting character, but I think he's... Uh... He certainly found himself as a, a member of the Undisputed Era. It's definitely worked for him, isn't it? You know, and I think the Undisputed Era has been a good group. You know, I know you hate to admit it, but they've done. They've been the kind of basis of NXT these past few years, haven't they? Now, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, as much as they are, they have been NXT. And now Roderick Strong managed to get back control of this match, and then Masala Batbreaker taking Dream out on the barricade, and now Strong seems confident. <laughs> so what what could be next for Velveteen Dream then? Maybe his next challenge or his next challenge, depending on how this match goes. I think he'll be in the hunt in NXT for a little while. I don't know if anybody can you see people moving from NXT now since they've been become uh, the third brand, so to speak. Do you think they'll still go to Raw SmackDown? I think they'll be wanting to add to their numbers. So well, Dream might be lucky in the draft if that is to happen. But if NXT is not a part of it, but again, it might be a surprise. But you got you think he's still so young. But for Roderick Strong, do you think he'll ever get to the main roster? As part of Undisputed Era, yeah. You see Undisputed Era on Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They haven't had anything like that go up for a while now. Like, you know, since the Shield Wyatt's. Do you I think mean, Sanity went up, but we didn't see Sanity. We just saw single members. Do you think they're, they're the best group to come up in the world, then, uh, the Undisputed Era? Compared to other groups, like we say, like, would you yes, say they were? I'll say they were, yeah. That's so funny. You hate Undisputed Era as well. But they said their prophecy and Roderick Strong can win this match, then all Unspeed Era will hold gold on the yellow brown. Yeah, as much as I, you know, as I don't like them, you look at the Wyatts, I mean, they lasted for a little while, didn't really do much. I think the most successful group to come up from NXT is definitely the Shield. You know, they've had their great runs, you, you had the Nexus come up, they had a couple of lackluster runs, the Court didn't really work out that well, Sanity split up almost immediately. Uh, the Wyatt family kind of fumbled around, didn't really do too much um, aside from focus on Bray Wyatt. Uh, had a couple of people join them, fuck them over. Well, no, I don't think, but like you said, I think the Undisputed Era have been dominant on NXT and we've never had that on NXT. And main roster-wise, you know, if last time we had a group that kind of won all the titles, I'll have to think, even Evolution, do you know what I mean? Or someone like that, that's how far back, where the whole team 
could actually go after the whole titles themselves. Like, even with the Shield and stuff like the that. The Shield had tag teaming on. Yeah, but it didn't have the world champion Intercontinental on a tag team. I was talking about as a group, like the Undisputed Era are kind of based off that four. You know, really back in the day, you had the tag champ, your world champ, your US champ. Kind yeah. of, I think that works quite well for the Undisputed Era. And I think it just depends Roderick Strong. I think, is he Intercontinental title level or US title level? I'd say he is, you know? <laughs> I would say he is, yeah. You know, with uh, with the people that have held it in the past, Roddy Strong is no worse than a majority of them. Yeah, exactly. Especially US title, you know. I think that would be an easier championship to win. But even with Nakamura winning, uh, being the champion on SmackDown at the moment, you know, it's not kind of getting the attention. The North American title would be the kind of same basis as of that. I'm sure Dream would have um, aspirations of being a little bit higher. But it all depends on the character work as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it is how they play the character. I think it's as I say, you know, it's kind of cooled down. The call me up Vince thing has kind of slowed down. Perhaps he doesn't want to be called up at the moment <laughs> after seeing how everyone else kind of uh, reacts to it, or whether he's been told to cool it down. Um, but yeah, you know, it is. Uh, it will be interesting to see how it develops because you know you have characters that they go a bit quiet and then they develop. You know, they change up mm. their game. But Velveteen Dream hasn't quite got to that point yet. Yeah, there's not a lot of changes yet. It's, it's just kind of evolution itself, isn't it, of the character trying to build it. And as, the evolution is a mystery. And Strong has been dominating the Dream all this match. Well, Strong looking for the wrecking ball dropkick. Dream sidesteps it, shoves Roddy back first into the steel steps. And now we're back from the break and Strong with chops in the right hand. This is going to take a little bit of getting used to. Well, the adverts. Yeah, yeah it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it goes back for a second and then it comes back and they're in completely different positions. It's like, what the fuck have I... <clears throat> but the second hour does go up live, uninterrupted, on the network. Not anymore. No? No, because uh, since uh, going head-to-head with AEW, that's two hours now on the USA network and it, becomes an, uh, and it comes on the WWE network 24 hours later. So there's still a little bit of weight. You can't watch NXT so-called live on the network anymore. And so it's kind of programmed NXT UK and NXT on the Thursdays. I mean, you could still watch NXT live if you had certain websites, which I cannot, you know, go into detail here. But you can certainly find a stream if you wanted to. And the dream now coming back here. So they've always said that NXT is the right show to go toe-to-toe with AEW. But this current roster, James? That is a question that needs to be answered. I don't think it is strong enough. I don't think it is. I don't think you've got enough male single wrestlers there to make it. I think the women's division as strong as it has been and the tag division needs a lot of work as well. Well, hold it there, James. It looks like Dream's going to go for the Dream Valley driver. He's got Roddy Strong up in a, on his shoulders. But Strong with a backslide throws him into the turnbuckle. Dream rolls off with a cover only for two. Two. Lovely DDT. We managed to get the arm over, but couldn't hook the leg. That gives Strong a chance to kick out. Uh-huh. Well, Velveteen is looking for the purple rainmaker, but Strong went out the ring. Oh, Dream, uh, Strong's up on the apron. Dream cut him off. Both men having a slugging competition. Now Dream trying to suplex Strong back into the ring, but Roddy blocking it. A bit of a trade-off now. Roddy brings Dream to the apron alongside him. Velveteen got Roddy up on his shoulders, looking for a Dream Valley driver, but Strong escapes back into the ring. The right hand, and as he was coming in, Strong hit a huge knee, and Dream may be out. The fans shot this is wrestling as Dream is out, and Strong looking to make his dream come true. Dream catching him with a huge forearm. 
Strong charges towards Dream with a huge running knee. And the Dream's serious trouble now, being caught up in those ropes. The strong trapped Velveteen in the ropes. The strong saying to Dream, you did it to yourself. Running elbows as he bounces from rope to rope. <laughs> and now Strong picks him up. Backbreaker. And the Tiger Bomb goes for the cover. Just a two count, but Roddy transitions. Two. And now will the Dream tap? Boston Crab. Well, the lower back has been targeted throughout this match. Dream is so close to losing his title. And now the Dream desperately trying to get to that rope. Now Velveteen finally gets to the bottom rope and breaks the hold. But has the damage already been done? Oh, wait a minute. As the rest of Undisputed Era come down to the ring, draped in their gold. And now look at the cheer on Roderick Strong. Well, will Roddy be excommunicated from um, the Undisputed Era if he's unsuccessful in this match? I've got to say, he's got to be pretty close. He's had so many opportunities, hasn't he, for the gold. You would think this would be his last, and then Adam Cole might reassess the situation. Situation. But it's a dream now. Rights and lefts knocking Strong down. He's not letting Cole, O'Reilly and Fish distract him. Huge back body drop by the dream, and now he finally sees the Undisputed Era. Oh... Oh, well, Strong sends Dream into the referee. The dancing ref is down. But Dream with a Dream Valley driver. Well, that could be it. And Cole up on the apron. No, he gets super kicked off. With Kyle O'Reilly. He gets clotheslined off. Roderick Strong with a huge knee shot. End of heartache. Into the cover. Referee's recovered. One, two. Oh! <laughs> so close. But so far away. My God, Dream somehow managing to kick out. Uh. And the Undisputed Era and everybody in the crowd cannot believe that. A huge NXT chart, that's what NXT is all about. Dream Valley Driver. And referees get distracted by O'Reilly. Adam Cole with a super kick to Velveteen as he was perched on the top. End of heartache again. One, two, three. (laughs) The Undisputed Era... Have all the gold. Roderick Strong is your new North American champion. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Well, I think I've got a year-end point. Yeah, so have I. The Undisputed oh, Era prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that point is null and That point, now. yes. But the Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong wins. Yeah, it was a very entertaining way. I would much rather have seen Roderick Strong defeat Velveteen Dream on his own without... Adam Cole, Fish and O'Reilly by his side. Yeah. You know, Roderick Strong is good enough to be able to do that. I completely agree with you, but they've they've done it. The Undisputed Era said they were going to win all the gold, and they have. Roderick Strong is your new North American champion. Well, if Roderick Strong hadn't have won this one, I suppose he could have uh, gone into drag and turned himself into a transvestite wrestler and beaten Shayna Baszler. I he, mean... He wouldn't have been any uglier. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> the Undisputed Era... Are celebrating on the stage. The Undisputed Era is all about the gold here tonight. And that was a very good match between the Dream and Roderick Strong. Our next match is Arturo Ruas versus Pete Dunn. Ruas shoots in low. Dunn grabs the arm to block from chance free. Jocking for position. Arturo nearly gets a waist stop but Pete ropes. Backing off Ruas shoots in with a body scissors takedown. Armbar reversed. Armbar forces a break. Dunn holds off an elbow. They trace strikes. Head and arm triangle from Artro. Shut off. Drop down. Leapfrog. Drop down. Wicked Lariat takes Ruas. Pete wrenching the fingers. Forcing him down for a stomp to the biceps. Drawing him up. Stomp misses. Palms and knees. Cartwheels into a drop kick. And Arturo is rolling. 
Mounted punches on the mat. Cover for two. Two. Running boot. Work in the hand. Wrist lock. Done break. Big palm strikes. Catch a kick. Wrench the toes. Dragon screw. Palm strike. Whip reverse. Backflip up and over. Sets up an inseguri. And then a German suplex. Stomp the feet. Bustle. Roundhouse kick. No. Bustle number two. Two. Black still no. Wrist lock. Stomps to the face into a triangle choke. But Royce cartwheels into a kick and a German suplex. It's not enough, though. Big knee cartwheel done. Side steps a drop kick and hits the inseguri. Suplex lifted into a triangle choke. Rolling around, breaking Archo's fingers. Referee Dave Rua. Cool. Yes, Pete Dunn wins by referee stoppage. We get video package for Dakota Kai. Then up next is Aaliyah or Numf versus Zia Lee. Collar and elbow. Lee with a side headlock. Shot off headstand and turnbuckles. Duck a shot from the apron. Front kick. Axe kick. Roll into a drop kick. Lots of kicks. Duck a lariat. Stand his switch. Wrist lock. Numf yanking her around, trying to take a jawbreaker to the apron, leg sweep, springboard back in for a forearm, charging double jump by Numf, who cuts her off. Zia with a drop kick boot, another boot, reverse roundhouse kick, and she's fired up. Tune in the band, leg sweep, off the ropes, and Zia Lee wins by pinfall with a Robinson special style kick. Only Lorcan and Leah Rush are both shown backstage, they'll be in action later tonight. Denzel Dejour's Denzel is in the ring with Marcel Barfell, Alexander Wolfe and Fabian Eichner of Imperium surrounding the ring and wipe him out with a powerbomb slash uppercut combination. And then Walter is here. He gets in the ring and he stands with Imperium before getting on the mic. He introduces Imperium and talks about how the mat is sacred to them and they're here to restore the honour and traditions of their sport. Well, Kashida is here. He challenges Walter for his title, clears Imperium out until Walter yanks him to the ring. The ring general yanks his vest off him, but Kushida gets away. Our next match, Leo Rush versus Only Lorkin. It's a Cruiserweight Championship number one contenders match. And we were talking about the NXT being under the same umbrella as uh, 205 Live now. Dan, you had a little bit of an update earlier as well, didn't you? Yes. Yes, uh, they've actually changed the title. It's no longer a dodgy-looking purple background. It fills in with the black and gold theme of NXT. Yeah, so that would be good then, wouldn't it, with 205 Live now being under the NXT umbrella, hopefully with a booking style as well. We'll see a few changes. Well, yes, uh, so we do go on with the Leo Rush only Lorcan match, and Lorcan exploding out of the gates with repeated uppercuts and a running blockbuster. Nope, fired up, half Nelson suplex blocked. Rush slings him to the apron, handspring sets up a suicide dive. Off the ropes, another suicide dive. Off the ropes, a third suicide dive. Leo Rush is all fired up. Whip reversed, up and over, drop down, roll under, springboard to Jairus. Well, Matrix evasion, insecurity cover, nope. Dragon screw from only, chops in the corner. Hammer whip traps Leo in the corner at Lorcan, hammers him with uppercuts. Upper what? Rush falls to the floor, back inside. Big powerbomb is not enough. Lorcan beckoned him to his feet, fending off punches and chops. Pit the leg and right into a half crab. Leo gets away, but only craps him across the chest with a wicked chop. Or drawing him up, scoop and slam, cover, but only a two. Two. Chops, rush out of sorts, Lorcan circling around him, drawing him up, off the ropes, springboard ace crusher, fighting out of a powerbomb. Leo's bad knee, acting up, only knee, only with the kicks, goes for the powerbomb again and plants him, shift to the half crab. Lorcan sitting down deep, a desperate Leo rush, crawling, stretching, rolling and kicking his way to an escape. Well, only catches a kick and goes right back to the half crab. Adjusting step over toe hole sleeper applied and Leo starts to fade but refuses to crumble. Training strikes, Lorcan strikes across Rush's jaw, off the ropes, standing Spanish fly, Leo up top and Leo Rush wins pinfall with a dragon's call becomes a new number one contender to the cruiserweight title. So 
quite a surprise return for Ilya Rush, who looked to be out the door early on, but now is the number one contender to the Cruiserweight title. Is that a good move, Dan? You're not a huge Leo Rush fan, are I'm you? I'm not a huge Leo Rush fan, no. You know, you can't take away how talented he is, but he just irritates the fuck out of me. And then we've got Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle in a street fight. Well, Dane's in at the gates, putting the boots to Riddle. Fireman's carry. Matt slips out and hits a German suplex. Exploder suplex follows. High jump sent on, but the knees are up. Killian gets a kendo stick, but Riddle blocks it and hits the Pele kick. The King of Bros wallets him with a stick and the back gets bo- dropped over barricade for his trouble. Dane with another kendo stick shot, grounded punches and a senton of his own. Well, drawing in right hand, Riddle returns fire with strikes as the Beast of Belfast puts him into a door. Fighting to the back, the Forgotten Sun chilling. Dane throws Riddle into the side of a production chuck. Clubbing away in front of Imperium, Matt hits a knee that puts Killian into water and the other guys jump him. The Street Profits and the Forgotten Sons join and we go into an all-out brawl. Impossible to follow the chaos. Pete Dunn is here. Danny Birch. Everybody. Riddle and Dane fight back towards ringside and the guys in the locker room follow after not far behind. Back in the ring, Matt shoots in with a double leg but security pulls them apart. King of Bros, German suplex on security. Presumably went to a no contest somewhere in here. Well, the ring fills with men just wailing on each other. No quarter asked and none given. Dane fired up, off the ropes, big man suicide dive into the crush. Yeah, so the street fight ends in a no contest, but we'll see if it can improve. We're on to September 25th edition of NXT. We start with a glowing look back at last week with Triple H's post-show stuff mixed in with glowing quotes from critics and highlights. Then, dripped in gold, the Undisputed Era walk up the elevated platform above the announcers they installed last week. The camera pans down, so Mauro Ranallo, flanked by Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix, can welcome us to Full Sail Live. Then our first combatants enter. So it is Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. We get the tail of the tape. So Keith Lee is 6'3", 340 pounds, 78-inch reach advantage, and his style has got power, speed, and agility. Well, Dominic Dijakovic is a lot taller, 6'7", but weighs a lot less at 270 pounds. He's got a longer reach, 81 inches, and his striking precision and agility is his style. Yeah, and the, catch, and the commentators catch us up on a destructive history. And Dominic Dijakovic is one up in his series thanks to a double count-out in their first NXT matchup. So how can Dijakovic be 1-0 up if it... Oh. So here we go, these guys, and there'd be magic in the ring. Let's see if they can bring it here. We know each other so well by now. The fans shouting, basking the glory. But Keith Lee is down in this series. Here we go, Colin Albert type to start. Dom- so, do you bask in Keith Lee's glory? He's impressed me with what I've seen in this, this series of matches. We've not seen a lot of him, and neither Dominic as well. But it's been very, very surprising. Both men know each other so well. Very impressive exchange there of uh, near misses. It's about giving time, and we're getting time now, isn't it? Two hours. Now it's a chance for Keith Lee to really shine. The same with uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Well, so feast your eyes or bask in the glory. Well, Keith can run in, caught the leg twice. Well, Dijakovic ducks. Keith Lee hits the top turnbuckle. Now, Keith Lee's got Dominic on his shoulders. Dominic with a backslide standing switch by Lee. Leapfrog by Keith Lee as he hits Dijakovic with a running crossbody. I mean, he hits like a truck, but he jumped like a bird just then. Like a gazelle. It's like a gazelle is even better. Because he comes in now. Shoulder block! Shoves, Keith, uh, shoves Dijakovic to the outside. He manages to hold on to the top rope and land on the apron. Dijakovic. Dijak- well, the fans are certainly behind Keith Lee, chanting, basking his glory. 
Well, a man his size shouldn't move like that, but you can see his power. And Dominic's still on the apron. Struggling to get up to his feet. I hate the way the Americans pronounce some words, you know. Dijakovic, it just grates on me. And now Keith Lee trying to suplex Dominic back in. Both men are going to try and suplex each other. Oh, my God. My man giving an inch. Keith Lee finally gets Dominic up, but he gets a knee to the head for his travels. A few clubbing blows to the back stops Keith Lee, who delivers just a pure and simple headbutt to drop Dijakovic to the mat. Now Keith Lee's going to meet him on the apron. <laughs> this is not good for either man. And the strength of Keith Lee, but Dominic's fighting. He's got the hand around the throat. Keith Lee breaking the hold, though, and he gets a kick to the stomach from Dominic Dijakovic. And now Dominic's got him up. Choke slam on the edge of the ring apron. Well, Keith Lee taken out on the apron as we go to an ad break. And as we come back, Keith Lee's up to his feet in the ring. And both men just trying a big right hand. Keith Lee's the only one successful after a series of ducking by both of them. <laughs> and then just plants Djakovic to the mat. Had him at least seven feet in the air. At least eight and a half foot up. And you know, Djakovic trying to... Fight back, send Keith Lee into the turnbuckle. Djakovic over with a chop to the chest and then just bounces Keith Lee's head off the turnbuckle. But that seems to have angered the big man. Yeah, Dominic seemed happy with what he was doing, but then he realised Keith Lee's looking at him. Sent into the turnbuckle, sent down. What's Keith Lee going to do? <laughs> Fucking hell, jumps over the top rope and just takes out Dominic. <sighs> uh, and Keith Lee now looking to end it. He's looked fantastic in this match as he springs... Dominic off, lifts him up. Dominic Keith Lee's got guillotine in now. Well, Keith Lee stays up on his feet, trying to transition into a suplex. Oh, and they roll through. Bit of a fumble there. Well, it is live, so there's nothing <laughs> they can do anymore. It just shows you the power of big men. And it seems Dominic strikes a big, but Keith's just even bigger. As he hits him with a couple of strikes and a headbutt, as Lee drags Djakovic to the corner. And Keith Lee going all the way up. No, just off the second this time. Moonsault. Second rope moonsault lands. Two. No. Kick out. Uh, well, Keith Lee can't believe it. Now, Keith Lee picking up. Dominic sticking on that top turnbuckle. And Keith Lee doesn't mind putting his body on the line. And what the hell is Keith Lee going to do? He's going to maybe slam on the outside. But Djokovic fighting off. <coughs> what's Michael Djokovic doing? So, what's he doing? <laughs> Fucking hell, sunset flipping to a reverse pole driver. Two, no. Lee managing to kick out. Uh, I have never seen two men, two men their size, do stuff like this before. That's incredible. Let's see the impact. Oh, my God. Keith Lee spatted Dominic all the way up. Moonsault. One, two, no. Keith just sits up holding Djakovic. <laughs> He's got a shocked look on his face. And Dominic tried to go back in the cover, but Keith Lee rolls through. Powers him up onto his shoulder. And it's a big bang catastrophe. And gets the free. Keith Lee beats Dominic Dan Djokovic. I've got to say, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, <laughs> it was better than I was expecting from these two big men. You know, Djakovic and uh, Lee have both got a bit of talent about them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's, there was still a couple of little fumbles in there which weren't the greatest. And, yeah, you know, aside from that, it was a very good match. Yeah, I think it was incredible. And I think it's a match that maybe we can see at a takeover. 
and it wouldn't be out of place there because these two men have got some chemistry. And when you're seeing Keith Lee, a man of his size, like 350, flying around like a cruiserweight, and I don't think I'll ever get that vision of uh, Djokovic coming off the rope with Keith Lee there. Absolutely brilliant stuff with NXT. We see a tale of the tape for next week's women's title match between Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae. Both hours are on USA on October the 2nd with limited commercial interruptions. We also see the end of last week's street fight and general manager William Regal angrily announcing tonight a restart as a number one contenders match. Well, after a break, we hear from Street Profits. Angelo Dawkins says next week they'll become two-time champs. Montez Ford says they won't stop until they do. Well, it's Dakota Kai versus Tainara. Kai gets a loud response for a return from injury. They trade kicks at the start and the captain of Team Kick gets the better of, gets the better of it. But when Dakota climbs to try and end things early, the Brazilian crutches her. She throws her back into back in and lights Kai up with kicks. Near full after judo toss from the former Conti, Dakota slips through and the ropes on the Irish whip and lines up Tenara for a kick to the head on the apron. More foot attacks in the ring, running Yakuza kick in the corner, and... Dakota Kai defeats Tainara via pinfall after the go-to kick. Kathy Kelly has breaking news, which is actually already announced Imperium versus Kushida and Mystery Partners match coming in hour two on WWE Network. Johnny Gagano gets a quick hype video, and the announced team reminds us that, again that next week's two title matches from NXT Arena. And Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane is next. Strikes at the bell, but neither man will go down. Dane throws Riddle out the ring, but the King of Bros is back with a double leg and a quick submission attempt. The Irishman gets free, but doesn't do much else because he suplexed down and then hit with a running forearm on the floor. It's commercial time. Well, Nicky crosses hubby is in charge when we return, and we're showing that he got control of a big drop kick on the floor. Riddle is quickly back in charge with high knee and a forearm combo. A suplex and some brotons gets a near fall. He eventually misses a roundhouse, and that allows Killian to hit a slam and sent on of his own, which he follows with a powerbomb and elbow drop for two. Two. Well, a bro blocks a powerbomb, lifts Dane for an Alabama slam, and twists his senton off the top rope, gets another near fall. Killian hells Riddle to the floor after another exchange, then dives. He throws one chair and swings another as they start to brawl to the back. Kicks and chops gets Riddle back in and puts Dane down, but he fights back and crossbodies Matt through a wall. Here we get another commercial. Another limited commercial. Upon our return, Riddle is kicking Dane from some bleachers, which leaves him lying across the table. A senton sends them both crashing through it. He gets Killian back in the ring and hits a springboard elbow for two. Two. Then Matt gets a chair, but he takes too long and ends up taking a crossbody to the chair he's holding. Dane goes back to what allowed him to win before, hitting a trio of Vader Bonds, but Riddle kicks out. Oh. A frustrated Dane attacks with a chair, then a kendo stick. When he drapes a chair across the King of Bros and climbs for another Vader bomb, but Riddle recovers, hitting him with a chair, throwing a chair at him and hitting the knee to the face through the metal. One, two, no! Riddle tries for the bro mission, but Dane fights out. They trade strikes and a mixed martial arts artist grabs an armbar. The Irishman fights, but Riddle yanks it. Looks like it might rip his arm out of the shoulder. Dane has no choice but to tap. Yes, Matt Riddle defeated Killian Dane via submission to become the number one contender to the NXT. Well, Maro informs us that Riddle's title shot is next week. Here comes NXT champ Adam Cole to taunt a weary bro, but ends up getting his arm grabbed. The rest of the era runs out to save him, and Matt escapes taunting Cole as he backs up the ramp. Well, we're on the WWE Network. No hiccups for me this week. And Undisputed is talking to the NXT champ as he holds his ring. Nigel walks us through some highlights from the street fight and the scene that ended our one-hour US. Uh, a one hour on US. 
We're introduced to the entire commentary team. We're reminded about last week's scene between Kushida and Imperium. And the trio's match sets out for later tonight. We get Rhea Ripley versus Caden Carter. And the former Lacey Lane attacks at the bell. Surprising Rhea with a drop kick. The mosh pit kid isn't faced for long though. She powers away to cover of her own. Then gets Carter up for a delayed vertical suplex. She lays in some forearms, but Caden dodges kicks and counters a powerbomb attempt into a Rana for two. Two. Carter runs the ropes for another Rana and gets another cover off a Springfield moonsault. The Aussie just gets angry, though. Pump handle slam and then the finish. Rhea disgustedly kicks her opponent out of the ring as the ref counts three. Yes, Rhea Ripley defeated Caden Carter, um, <coughs> Carter via pinfall after the riptide. And our next match, Ali Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Everise, Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Well, Martell does well against both Britain brawlers, but Birch quickly gets the better of Parker. Lorcan comes back for the tandem side Russian leg sweep, and when they're running out of the ring, Martell attacks illegally to put the former 3.0 in charge. They target Oni's back. Parker runs the rope and knees Lorcan in the head after his partner hits a backbreaker for a two count. Two. Parker with forearms to Lorcan for a near fall. Martell tags in and punches Lorcan. Then now's a slap, snap mare. Anna grabs a wrist lock. Matt hits a northern lariat, but Lorcan is able to tag in Birch. Birch with punches to Parker and Martell. Birch with a European uppercut to Parker, followed by a kick. And then when Missile jumps Martell, he and Lorcan both freak out before the tag. And only Lorcan and Danny Birch defeat Everise via pinfall after a tandem elevated DDT. Will we see Chelsea Green and Diana Perazzo in the crowd? And our next match is my man Cameron Grimes versus Raul Mendoza. Well, Grimes tries for the quick stomp, but Mendoza wise to its sidesteps. He gets risk control and focuses the attention on Cameron's left arm. Raul continues to get the best of things until Grimes counters a crossbody into a spinning slam. North Carolinian rip whip Mendoza hard into the corner and starts inflicting punishment. Much of it focused on Raul's arm. Mendoza tries for a crucifix pin over the whip, but Grimes kicks out uh-huh. and goes back to the armbar and neck cranks, sometimes at the same time. Mendoza gets to his feet and tries to break free, eventually doing so to hit a big running knee that leaves Grimes woozy. Step up and skew in the corner, sets off a drop kick from the top. They battle in the corner. Mendoza finally hits a Frankensteiner, but Grimes kicks out. Uh. Raul lines him up, but Cameron Grimes defeats him via pinfall after the leaping double stump. More rundown of next week's TakeOver-esque card. We've got Imperium, which is Marcel Barthel, Fabian Eichner and Alexander Wolf versus Kushida and the Fashion Police. Well, Walter is not with his team as the protectors of the mat's sacredness are not excited to see Breezango. The ref has to get everybody apart to start the action. Eichner and Kushida start after the Japanese Super Junior takes care of business, but quick takes get the better of him and Wolf suplexes him prone. He escapes the powerball and makes it to the corner where Fandango comes in and cleans things up. Breeze follows him in and gets a near fall, but Imperium runs a numbers game to make Prince Pretty the face in peril. Well, Tyler's kept isolated in the Hills corner. The combination of rest hold and tandem manoeuvres and Breeze's selling gets a great reaction from the fans. And Full Sail is very unhappy when Tyler almost gets thanks to some forearms, but Eichner and Wolf yank Kashida and Dango off the apron to stop a tag. Fabian goes to the well too often, though, and blasting his partners off the apron again allows Breeze to hit an enziguri and the deputy Fandango cleans house and hits a top Kong hero on all three men. Well, blind tag from Kushida and he hits a drop kick on Barthel and gets into the armbar, but the rest of the Imperium attack to save their man. Breezingo swoops in and tries to cancel out Eichner and Wolf. Kushida follows with a handspring into a double kick, 
Hits the wind-up punch on Barthel, but follow-up springboard back elbow is met with a European uppercut to the back of the head. He responds to stay undefeated in NXT, however. Well, Kushida and Fashion Police defeated Imperium via Kushida with an O'Connor roll on Martel Barthel. Well, Kushida is celebrating on the ramp, but Walter comes out behind him. He levels the Japanese wrestler with a boot and stands tall with his faction to close the show. So our left, last episode of NXT is head-to-head with AEW and it's October 3rd, all two hours, live on the USA Network. Well, after a slick intro which touts the show, the most exclusive band of combat in the world, Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix welcome us to Full Sail Live. The NXT title match entrances start and we're told there will be no commercials during this match. The champ is here by himself. So here we go, the bell rings and Riddle dressed in white and gold straight away with a takedown to Adam Cole. Make that two. And Cole's dealing with uh, an injured right hand and that might come into play for Matt Riddle to work the arm. And I don't like talking about myself, but I did predict Matt Riddle would be facing Adam Cole or Matt Riddle would be fighting for the end, by the end of the year. I also did say Brock Lesnar would win the WWE Championship uh, on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. So technically I'm right on both and Dan has agreed he's going to give me bonus points, which I think is just really nice of him, you know, because he, he kind of knows that I'm right about that. So that's two in the bank there, which is fair to say. And, um, and, I, and I correctly predicted James is a cunt, but I get that every year. So You do you know. get that every year. And Adam Cole, backing Riddle up, says it was a legal elbow. Riddle with a gut wrench, rolls through with his class still gripped, hits a second, rolls through for a third. So this is going head-to-head with Cody Rhodes versus... Sam, Sammy Guevara. And this is why they're starting strong as well. They want people to stick with NXT. And of course, we'll give you what the ratings were head-to-head. After this episode, as Riddle now looking to become the new NXT champion. The Unspewed Era hold all the gold, but that could be in trouble here tonight. Matt Riddle might not be 100% been fighting Killian Dane these past couple of months. As Cole sees Riddle in and sends him into the stairs. As Cole throws Riddle back into the ring and bounces him head first off the top turnbuckle. And just kicks to the midsection and choking him out of his foot. It is a dream matchup for you. Who would you pick between Adam Cole and Matt Riddle? The referee. He's got a nice beard. <laughs> Here he comes up. Alan Cole with a back elbow. He's back in control now. Riddle hits him with a net breaker, but only gets a two. Two. Well, dueling undisputed let's go bro chance. And the fans definitely into this one as Cole with a forearm. I think I hate undisputed era less. Then Matt Riddle. Because yeah. Matt Riddle is really annoying, but you did always hate Adam Cole. Yeah, but I hate Undisputed Era less. So Matt Riddle is your worst one then. Uh, yeah. Well, Mike Kanellis. Where's Mike Kanellis on that list? He's irrelevant. Where's Enzo More on that list? He's irrelevant. So it's just Matt Riddle at the moment then? Yes. I don't have to watch Enzo More and I don't watch main event to watch... <laughs> Mojo Rawley, Mojo I know, Rawley. yeah. <clears throat> Whatever happened to him, eh? Signed a five-year contract extension. Five years of main well, event. He's actually... Spoiler alert. Yeah, all right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I tell you what, these two men might make my list for the Dominar 250 next week. Well, I won't make mine. No, they probably won't. I don't know. There's a lot of wrestlers. 50 is not a lot. No. It's not a lot when you think about it. There I mean, be spe- some unhappy wrestlers. There will be. There will be emails again. Will Shane McMahon be? Yes. Might be. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out next week when we do the Dominar 250. Well, we find out... Next week, who's in the 15? And the following week, you find out who is number one, who's the greatest wrestler in WR podcast history. And, and this up. is going to be a mass debate as well. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Of course, we've got the latest news as well next week about the changes to the WR podcast. But right now, it's the main event time. It's all about the NXT title. There's Matt Riddle now coming back after strikes by Cole. Forearm smashes into the corner. Exploder suplex. Matt Riddle looking for a kick. Cole ducks it. 
looking for a backflip. Cole moves out of the way, gets hit by a senton, and then follows up with a huge kick to the chest. No, only a two count. Two. And Cole realises he's in serious trouble. And the fans definitely behind Matt Riddle now. And look for the Alabella slam. Well, an exchange of stalemates between the two until Matt Riddle hits a ripcord knee. Fisherman Buster for the cover. No, just a two count. Two. There's no doubt these two men are talented, even if they are fucking annoying. And now Matt Riddle's going to look to try and finish him off. Deadlift German goes for the cover. No, Cole managing to kick out. Uh. And now Cole with a kick to the midsection. And picking him up. Oh. Well, Cole with a riddle shoulders looked to slam him, but he turned it into a into backstabber. A backstabber into a cover. But Riddle managing to kick out. Oh. And Cole can't believe he didn't put Riddle away with that. And the fans shouting down, much to your pleasure, Mamma Mia. Oh, no, it's the fucking two biggest cunts in NXT. Well, the two people that I most hate in NX commentator that I most hate in the world. I don't even like the referee, to be honest. <laughs> and now both men just trading on the mat on their knees. Matt Riddle with it just chops to the chest, grabs Riddle around the neck, but Cole goes low to their unprotected feet. Looks for a super kick, gets caught by Riddle, who kicks the hand away of Cole. And but Cole... Cole responds with a super kick. Riddle with a knee as Cole was coming charging in. <laughs> Step up in Seguri from Cole to Riddle. Deadlift German plants Cole. And now he's got Cole up. No! Now Adam Cole with a neck breaker. Uchigaroshi. Uchigaroshi. But no, Matt Riddle managing to kick out. Ah. And that was a hell of an exchange by both men there. The fans chart this is awesome. And Adam Cole trying to recover. To be fair, so is Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle with a beautiful kick. Taking Cole down. Now going on the apron. Up on the shoulders. No, Cole with a backslide off the apron. Now he's just... Kicks Riddle, who's draping across Barricade. Now Adam Cole going for Riddle, but Riddle had it scouted. Knee to the jaw as Cole was coming down off the apron, throws him back in the ring. Now Riddle's going off top. Went for the corkscrew moonsault, but knees up by Cole. And now Cole's got him pictured there. Boom. Panama Sunrise. Cole into the cover. One, two. Oh. Riddle managing to kick out. Ah, how the hell is Matt Riddle still in this match? Cole giving him his best shot. And unbelievable stuff by both men. Oh, Panama Sunrise. Oh, so close to finishing it for Adam Cole. But there's only one last shot he can do. See what you did there, bro. And Cole (laughs) is looking to walk away. Still NXT champion. Here we go. Knee pad coming done. And Riddle might collapse. I don't know. He might be playing possum, Dan. Hello, possums. We'll see what happens. Oh, do you think he hit himself hard on their match when he went out there? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. He's going to go for it again. Panama Sunrise. No, he gets caught. GTS. Powerbomb. Flips him over. Knee to the jaw. And now Matt Riddle, all the way up, hits it. One, two. two. No. Oh. Cole manages to kick out Ah. after that flurry of offence by Matt Riddle. But Matt Riddle was celebrating as he was going for the pin. He should have concentrated on the cover. Cole's still in this. Riddle can't believe it. The fans want to fight forever. Matt Riddle trying to come up away to put Adam Cole away. I don't think Dan wants that, but (laughs) it's not been a bad match. It hasn't been a terrible match. And the fans are really, really hot for this as Riddle's looking to go up now. And he gets caught up. Adam Cole onto the ropes but Riddle with the right hands both of these men in precarious position and now the forearm shots by Matt Riddle 
manages to get Adam Cole off him. Oh, Matt Riddle being a bit too showboaty. Fuck rope. And Cole's going up again. Panama Sunrise. Boom. Hits it. And now Cole's in position. Knee pads down. Ducks the last shot. And now Riddle with a bro mission. He's got the bro mission in. And he's got Cole Cole caught. And the fans want... Don't tap, don't tap. Cole rolls through. And he's got Riddle. Oh, no. Riddle has to break the hole to stop him from getting pinned. And now the bad arm, the armbar. And Riddle's got it in. Cole's in trouble. Trying to wiggle his way to the bottom rope. I know Cole rolls him up, though. He's got Riddle. Oh, just a two count. Two. And again, Riddle goes straight back down to the uh, armbar, the bro bar. And he's got the bro bar extended. And Cole manages to roll through. Clocks him with that cast on his hand. Last shot. And that's got to be it. Cole with a cover. Two. two. Three. Wow. Adam Cole beats Matt Riddle. I'm glad Matt Riddle's not NXT champion, but that was a great match, Dan. What are your thoughts? I too am glad. Um, yeah, for for a match that had to go toe-to-toe with what AEW's doing, something new, um, it's the perfect match. Should it have been on first? What else could have been on first? Well, this is the thing. They had to... There's a statement of intent from NXT saying, right, this is our biggest match, and we're going to stick it on right now and uh, I, I think it was a good performance by Adam Cole and even by Matt Riddle I've got I've got to say but it looks like Adam Cole is going to be NXT champion for as long as he wants at this moment in time he's beating the nearest challenges to him well who else is there to challenge him for the title James this who's who's up next maybe Velveteen Dream maybe someone like that looking at Pete, Keith Lee Keith Lee's been quite performing quite well Pete Dunn you know but Pete Dunn versus Adam Cole will be a fucking good match. But if you look at the uh, roster, there's not a lot, but Adam Cole celebrating as NXT champion. <coughs> Wait a minute. Finn fucking Balor. Finn Balor. And what is Balor doing here? Look at him. He's smirking, James. No, he's, no, he's got a smile on his face because he's come back to his home. Come back home to NXT. Well, if you want to get eyes on the product, Finn Balor's the way to fucking go. And the crowd has gone banana. Oh, Balor is back. We haven't seen him since they fanned him at SummerSlam. And the fans shouting, holy shit. And I don't blame him. He's had a haircut, hasn't he? Yeah, he's oh, got he's it. All of them done. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Finn Balor. He's looking, got a receding hairline. Looking trim. Mark Tardis would with Finn Balor. And then a lot of people would. But I always said he was never main roster. So it's good to see him back on NXT. So he's not out injured. Well, let me say he was out injured, but... Balor is back. And what's he going to say? Ginger community. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Finn Balor hasn't said anything yet, but the fans are saying welcome back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Damn, what did he say? As of now, Finn Balor is NXT. And the crowd going crazy. Is that a good move for NXT? Cole versus Balor? Too fucking right. We said there isn't anyone to challenge for the title. Up steps Finn fucking Balor. And Finn Balor is back. In NXT. No, Finn Balor isn't back in NXT, James. Finn Balor is NXT. We got hype package for the women's title match. The champ Shania Baszler talks about a reign of dominance while challenger Candice Ray says she hasn't had the best of luck against the Queen of Spades, but she hasn't been herself. She's going to show the world who she is tonight. We see those two getting warmed up and hear the former North American champ's music. Velveteen Dream is on his couch with an entourage of attractive ladies. He asks if we feel it, 
and says, what we're feeling is a Velveteen Dream experience. He walks into the spotlight saying that the feeling is the climax of life, which is why Roderick Strong and his Undisputed Era boys wanted to take it. But the Dream has never had a problem taking on more than one man at a time. But he is issuing a challenge to Rod right now, unless he's afraid to step out of Undisputed's shadow and meet him. When he looks Velveteen in the eyes, the next thing Strong will know is... Dream over. Well, next week, Leo Rush gets his cruiserweight title shot facing Drew Gulak right here on the USA Network. And it is Io Shirai versus Mia Yim. Well, Mia offers a code of honour, but Io shoves her away and goes for a drop kick. Yim sidesteps. That allows her to get some offence and target the genius of the sky's leg. Shirai rolls out to get a breath, but Mia hits her with a baseball slide. She chops her while on the floor, but when the referee implores her to get the action back in the ring, Io slides around and kicks her in the face. The Mad Queen takes controls. We go to a picture-in-picture commercial. Well, Io's still in the driver's seat when we return, but getting frustrated that she hasn't finished things off. That doesn't stop her from taunting while slapping Mia in the mount or a lackadaisical cover. She misses on a running knee strike, then gets flipped by Yim while they run the ropes as Mia gets back into it. The HBIC punches and a lariat, followed by a couple of drop kicks that net a near fall. Big kicks, but Io counters with a reverse runner for two. Two. She hits the 6-1-9 and follows up with a springboard missile drop kick for another near fall. Her follow-up is countered by Yim with a code blue, but Shirai rolls out. Mia follows with a tope and we're back to the commercial in the big box with the action in a little one. Well, it's a babyface turn to control the action during the break, but Io starts to fight back, headbutting Yim off the top and stomping her back on the floor. Mia, George, Jack, Shirai and climbs just as we get to full screen. Io catches up and lands a suplex that leaves both... Shai covers for two, two, and is the first up, but Yim grabs her foot to stop her from climbing. A kick to the head, and she gets free for the moonsault. Yes, Io Shirai defeated Mia Yim via pinfall. But the outsiders are here. Kevin Nash and Scott are all shown in the crowd, and then we see the Street Profits show up, with Bianca Belair is on Montez Ford's arm. Well, Tegan Knotts gets a video Picard detailing her injury history and drive to make the most of her latest comeback. And our next match is Johnny Gagano versus Shane Thorne. Well, Fawn gets the better of an opening scramble, but shirks a kick and Johnny wags a finger at him. Another exchange ends with Shane in a Gagano escape, but he gets the ropes. When the ref stands them up, he hits the back elbow to take control, and we're back to picture-in-picture commercials while he works the heat. Well, that's where things stand when we return. The Aussie connects him with a big European uppercut, but Johnny gets the better of things with a comeback punch with clotheslines, the final one which sends Shane to the floor. He tries to follow up with a dive, but he's met with another European. He shakes it off to hit the dive and a slingshot spear for two. Two. He tries for the pop over DDT, but Fawn catches him. Cannibal in the corner, followed by a powerbomb for two. Two. Shane works Johnny over with kicks to the chest and his back up. He lines for one to the head, but Gagano evades and comes back, turning Fawn inside out with a clothesline. Poison Rana, Johnny half of meat in the middle, and that's it. Yes, Gagano defeated Shane Fawn via pinfall. Well, after some hype for SmackDown Friday, it's time for the women's title match. Yes, Shane Baszler versus Candice LeRae. Well, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir escort the champ with an early takedown, but Candice fires back with insecurity. She knocks Baszler down on the floor as we hit a commercial screen split. Lots of action during the break this time. Shania takes control, and when we return, Baszler puts LeRae's shoulder first into the still steps and follows up the kick in the arm into the steps. Well, Candice stays alive like a good underdog. When we see the action, go, uh, and when the action goes to the apron, they tease a suplex onto Barry Cade before LeRae drops Shane. She hits a trip of... Uh, trip of drives, dives, <coughs> the trip of dives that drive the champion into barricade. Back in, they set up in the corner, and Baszler slips off the middle rope, then recovers to hit a gut wrench. She f- tries to follow up with another, but gets 
Inside cradle for two. Two. Lorraine misses on a DDT attempt. A gourd buster from the champ sends us to another commercial. Well, Baszler gets the best of striking at Stranger during the split screen and taunts Candice. Mrs. Wrestling slaps the champ as we return with suplex over an Irish whip. The champ goes for the Kirifuji clutch, but Lorraine switches immediately. Chanya knows how to get out, though, and drags Candice to the corner for a hanging version of submission. They're both set up on top with Lorraine. Hits a swing neck breaker from there. One, two, no, kick out. Ah. An unprettier attempt countered into a Kirifuga clutch, but, but Larray rolls her up to get a relief. She then hits the move and goes for a springboard moonsault, but misses and gets grabbed with it. She fights for a long while, but eventually... Shania Baszler defeated Candice Larray via submission to retain the NXT women. Well, we see Mark Henry, Stephanie McMahon and Medusa in the crowd as Shayna celebrates. Well, after a recap of Kashida's issues with Emporium, we learn that he's losing to Walter next week. And it is Pete Dunne. Versus Danny Birch. Well, lock up. He's got a nice taste of catch wrestling here. Birch just misses with a haymaker. Dunn connects with his shots, take us to split screen. The governor takes charge of the small screen and is dropping a knee on a prone bruiser weight when we return. Pete's up for a striking exchange and flips in the corner off a whip to hit an insecurity and end the sequence by stomping Birch's finger. A huge running powerbomb gets two for Dunn. Two. Well, Danny back in with a headbutt to the back of Dunn's head, then builds up to a top rope DDT for a near fall. A winning striking exchanges gives the former UK champion no fingers and he hits the... So Pete Dunn defeats Danny Birch by pinfall but the lights go out as Dunn celebrates and he's clipped from behind by Damien Priest. The archer in for me hits a swinging DDT and pats the Bruce Waits cheek to stop... Is that a massive step down for Pete Dunn to go from Walter to Damien Priest on NXT? That's going from the top step to the fucking My basement. God. Well, Kathy Kelly's interviewing Adam Cole and he says he beat Matt Riddle with the last shot, not his doctor-mandated cast. The era barges in, worried about Finn Balor, but the NXT champ tells him not to worry about that and to stay focused on keeping their prophecy defended. Well, we get a video package showing the history between the two teams in the main event. And that is Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Well, Wally wraps the challenges to the ring and there's some celebrating in the crowd. Kyle O'Reilly air guitars the champs in, and they come along at least at first. Well, O'Reilly and Dawkins start, but it's not long before tags are made. Fish bails as we go to commercial when a strike and exchange breaks out when he returns. More tags as neither team never really take control, but a blind tag and a tandem manoeuvre allows Tez to get cover on. The Profits keep him in their corner for the remainder. Well, four drip drop kicks both members of the era as soon as we're back, but Bobby backs him into the undisputed era corner, and they control the action there. Many near falls, including one for Tez on the backside counter, but we mostly see the work over Ford for a couple of minutes. Fish with a hat-trick of snap suplexes for a two, and a stereo kick to lead to a cover by Riley as we see back from the commercial. More of the same there. Well, Rock Bottom finally gives Ford the opportunity to get the tag, but Fish takes Dawkins off the apron by the angle. Undisputed's efforts focus on one that includes O'Reilly providing talk and leaving. When the ref catches them, it gives Ford a chance to evade their attacks and fly for a tag. The curse of greatness, King's house on the hot tag, including shoulder tackling and an airborne Kyle O'Reilly into fish and spearing fish when Kyle O'Reilly leapfrogs him, at least to a close two count on Kyle. Two. O'Reilly changes, uh, uh, answers a charge with a high knee and stops a we want the smoke chant. Fish chop blocks. <laughs> Angelo from the floor and Kylie flies, dropping his knee on Dawkins from the top rope. O'Reilly grabs a leg bar and fish keeps him front with the ropes while adding leverage to the hold. Ford tries to break up and gets locked in a choke by Fish, but he manages to fall on the other two wrestlers to break the knee bar. Well, things break down and a chain and opening for Tez to frog splash Fish from the top. Dawkins lifts him for an electric chair spot, but Kyle O'Reilly blocks the bad knee. 
The action spills to the floor and Ford ends up flying over the top onto all three of them. Back in, they look to end things and here comes Roddy. He breaks things up from the top and his teammates go high-low to retain. Well, the undisputed era defeat the Street Profits via pinfall to retain. They're told it looks like Adam Cole's come out here to celebrate with his boys. He's on the stage, but wait a minute. He hears the music. It can't be, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But Tommaso Ciampa, who only lost Goldie due to injury, has returned. And you thought Finn Balor was bad. Adam Cole's not had a great night. <laughs> well, we was wondering who was going to challenge Adam Cole next. <laughs> and we got two fucking challengers. <laughs> Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. And I'm glad to see Ciampa back down. What about you? Absolutely glad to be back. Yeah, after a career-threatening injury. Brilliant to have the black heart back in the golden black brand. Well, what a way to end NXT update this month. Ciampa is back and he wants Goldie. And hopefully NXT is going to give it to us. And let's not forget, NXT was head-to-head with AEW. Before we get onto the ratings, personally, Dan, what was your favourite? Out of NXT, AEW, Raw and SmackDown, what did you like the most? Um, AEW had a very good quality of wrestling. The matches are great. NXT, I think the storyline going into it, I think it's been a lot better. You know, I know you had, like, Moxley coming back to take Omega out. I don't know what the fucking ref was thinking, letting the match carry on. It should have been disqualification from there, but, you know. Um, I'm, I'm more happy to see Chomper back than Moxley. Oh, that's an interesting thing, because you, you used to love Dean Ambrose. So as a show, so NXT beat AEW for you, but SmackDown came out on top overall then. SmackDown, I think it was more entertaining, um, but in my opinion, it would have to go... I think mine would go AEW and SmackDown equal and then NXT and Raw. Mine would go NXT and SmackDown equal, AEW, Raw. Well, there we go. So this is what we're going to do. We'll keep up to date on the new Wednesday Night Wars. But ratings-wise, after NXT and AEW went head-to-head Wednesday night, W released a congratulatory statement directed towards AEW on Thursday. Well, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, WWE sent the following statement to media outlets. Congratulations to AEW on a successful premiere. The real winners of last night's head-to-head telecast of NXT on USA Network and AEW on TNT are the fans who can expect Wednesday nights to be a competitive and a wild ride as this is a marathon, not a one-night sprint. So basically, WWE is saying, we lost the ratings, but we're going to win the war. Well, yes, they did. Wednesday's premiere episode of USA Network drew 891,000 viewers, while the AEW premiere episode of TNT drew 1.4 million. According to Showbiz Daily, a Dynamite viewership toppled NXT by 58%. Well, AEW ranked two in the cable top one 18 to 49 demographic list, while NXT ranked 10th. AEW ranked 16th in viewership, while NXT ranked 27th. Well, this is the first week that both hours of NXT have aired on the USA Network. Hour one of the first week drew 1.179 million viewers. Ranked number four on the cable top 50 hour one of the second week drew 1.6 million viewers and ranked number eight on the cable top 150. Well, to compare this week's TV, uh, this week's WWE TV viewership, Monday's Raw season premiere drew an average of 20, uh, 2.571 million up from last week's 2.2 million viewers and the best red brand viewership since the post-SummerSlam episode on August the 12th which drew 2.7 million viewers. And obviously SmackDown blew that out of the water with the best ratings that they've had. 
But the NXT viewership tracker, September 18th episode with 1.179 million views with just one hour on USA Network. September 25th was 1.006 million viewers, one hour on the USA Network. And October 2nd episode was 891,000 viewers, season premiere, both hours on USA Network. And below is our 2019 AW Dynamite viewership tracker. October 2nd episode, 1.14 million viewers. Well, All Elite Wrestling AEW world champion Chris Jericho spoke with Complex Sport about Dynamite's victory over WWE NXT in this week's rating. This Wednesday, saw the two promotions go head-to-head first title, the AEW won. Well, they started this, Jericho stated. Everything that they've done have been reactionary to us. We're not in a war with anybody besides ourselves. All that matters is our show. He's extrapolated his point, explaining that they, WWE, kind of started this war. And the very first night they got destroyed. Big deal. It's our first debut, but they have to come back and say it's a marathon and not a one-night sprint. Whoever said it's a one-night sprint? It's not gonna. It's not a war for us. We'll play kick-ass. Well, his thoughts follow his W statement on Dynamite's premiere. But this is important because there's going to be a lot of viewers tuning in for the first episode to see what it's like. So it's dependent on that if the ratings do drop. I'm expecting maybe a little bit, uh, but I think NXT might stay the same. But for the future, we're going to keep a very close eye on AEW Dynamite and, of course, NXT as well. But our next episode is the 250. And, Dan, what are we doing for the 250th episode? Well, for 250, we are going to be going through our top WWE wrestlers since our podcast begun. So, basically, anyone who's fought in WWE from May the 4th, 2014, from May the 4th, 2015, up to tomorrow or up to next week is going to be able and eligible for the list this is going across all brands nxt raw smackdown 205 live nxt uk everything is included yeah without a doubt and what will be split over two weekends so next weekend we'll do the mass debate of the 50 wrestlers actually getting in and of course bring you the latest news uh, from hen Cell and raw smackdown AEW as well and of course following weekend we'll bring you the list in its entirety one to 50 who gets to number one and then after that we'll bring you halloween havoc to end the month and of course next week as well on the 250 we'll tell you about all the changes and the new programming coming to the WNR podcast but don't forget you can follow us on twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNR Podcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, the WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. We will be making changes to Facebook and other places like that in the near future as well. Don't forget you can listen to us on. You subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Net Review Podcast, there at the moment. And podcasts at the same time on YouTube. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio. We're still going to do Survivor Series Live. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to join us next week for the WNR 250. Bye. Bye. <laughs>